There was an accident. About an hour ago, a small jet went down inside New York City. The podcast was on board. The podcast of what? Okay, so that's the one you wanted to do. Yeah. <laughs> but I was just, I was sort of like, the podcast of what doesn't mean anything. Fine, then, but you, why, the other one? What's the other one? <laughs> it's a survival of the podcast plus something you don't give a shit about. That is pretty good. That, I mean, that, that's, that's, that's a good line. That's just a great, God, this movie's got such, this movie's front loaded with good lines. That is uh, true. First is, 20 minutes, sure. is, you're just like, oh my well, God. Well, because it's, it's Cleef and. Because Cleef and Russell are right, really right. gelling. Those are two guys. Yeah. It's also, I mean, like, I feel like Russell has acknowledged how much Pliskin is, like, vocally Eastwood, right? Right. Is him doing his Eastwood <laughs> impression. Right, right. So there's something about, like, a young buck with an eye patch. Is that true, though? Like, has they talked about it at all? That yeah. it's supposed to be? Okay. Yeah, I found there was some quote from him, I think, in, in the notes that our own J.J. Bursch uh, put together. Where he was talking about like all the different parts that went into yes. Pliskin. He says, "Right, um, he's a mercenary. His style of fighting is a combination of Bruce Lee, the Exterminator, and Darth <laughs> Vader with Eastwood's vocals. But there's a lot of new wave to him as okay. well. Yeah, exactly. There's yeah. a lot of shine and bounce to his hair. That's for mm-hmm. sure. The, the like Lisa says, God pants. <laughs> his pants are so cool. <laughs> the the gray camo. Like when it's he's, not even camo. When he's it's doing just like the, yeah, this exactly. weird swirly pattern. Oh, it's so good. Who are the two people in the dossier? I know Charles Bronson was the one. And then there was another. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones. Who, right. I mean, amazing. I'd love to see That's it. Amazing. <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones, dare I say, would have rocked the house. No, but here's the only problem. Can you I don't... Tommy Lee Jones with that hair? Oh, I mean, he and, and like in like under siege, he's got long hair. I've yeah. seen you, know, but the only problem is I don't buy that Tommy Lee Jones would go into he'd be like, no, <laughs> like, and I'd be like, yeah, he doesn't want to do that. Like, he just doesn't seem like someone who wants to do that. There's, yeah, that's fair. Yes, yes. There's also there's there's the satirical edge that comes only from Russell playing it from him sort of being a little bit in on the joke, you know, and, and I think it's aided by the fact that it's like. For audiences, you're watching a Disney star now playing the toughest guy in the fucking universe. You know? know what I mean? Where like it just feels like it would be like me seeing Tommy Lee Jones in person, being like, <laughs> "Don't you want to be in this movie?" And be like, "No, I don't. I don't want to do that." I, Russell was the right choice. I'm just saying, Tommy Lee Jones would have fit. Charles Bronson would have been a problem. Like, he would have just been overwhelming. He would have been doing Charles Bronson. Right. Right. Exactly. Too old, probably. Too. Exactly. I don't know. He'd be to, all right. To a certain degree, it's like there's. The fact that he so fully creates a character for this movie, you know, you think about other like action icons, especially of the 80s. Right. And their breakthrough movie is kind of the distillation of their base level persona. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, well, McLean, that's now it's taken all the sitcom comedy past of Willis. It's putting him into this underdog sort of ornery mode. Right. And like Arnold breaks through playing barbarians and robots, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and Stallone being this sort of like weary underdog, this broken guy, and you know, Seagal. I mean, he's, he's he counts as 80s and he's right. like mysterious right. and like calm and intriguing, right. which is this so is... funny to think about in retrospect. Yes. Yes. 
that he the, yes. what, that, that, that everyone's like, what's this guy's deal? Yeah. <laughs> he walks into a room and I want to know what I want to know what more. A quiet power it's to this one. It's like I don't all of those other people where I'm like they're with their current personas, I'm mm-hmm. like, I that still totally jives yes. with the, what I think yes. of their past personas. But yeah. Steven Seagal looking at him now, I'm yes. like, I can't watch his old movies anymore. It's like that it doesn't it's, work for me. It's it's wild. It's wild. It's also just wild. Look, we did our whole Steven Seagal episode. We did our <laughs> Under Siege Dark Territory episode in the past. This is true. And I will, I'll just jump in and say I kind of agree. It's like I love Seagal movies growing up, but yeah. it, there's just something about who he has become that's yeah. like right. real sticky. Our, our episode was uh, <laughs> literally and five years ago now. Shoot, long if, time ago. If not more. Yeah. And I feel like he just gets worse by like the hour. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like I, I'm kind of, every morning I, I open up the laptop and I check. Uh, What's the term for like chemical deterioration rate again? Like it's his, that. Like his, his half life or yeah. whatever. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> no, but it's like but, I go to New York Times and I look at the charts and I'm like, how's the spread of Delta going? What has Seagal done today? <laughs> you know what has devalued in the Steven yeah. Seagal universe it's just fascinating that Steven Seagal is just like oh like Hollywood power agents and executives are going to his karate dojo and they're just like this guy is fascinating yeah he needs to be on screen and then you watch him I'm like oh, I think I figured him out pretty quickly I don't know he's pretty compelling he's compelling <laughs> I'm just saying the idea in that he had a sense of like calm mystery very to calm him. very calm this is my point just Van Damme this is why I don't think Van Damme ever quite had that correct and it's why maybe he was never quite this the the a yes star mm-hmm. and, and i like van damme movies but i do think there was not that crystallization no. role for him in that sense yeah. except that he way. was like flexible hey right. but that's is not there really a, a karate actor now do we what have do like a guy who's good at martial arts yeah, and I mean, now is an actor yes but they they are stuck in direct to video direct red box i mean it's oh. like michael j white and, and scott, scott Adkins. Adkins. Yeah. Right, right 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 those I guess are there's our not... best physical it's like either that or they're foreign actors they're so like they tony jaw someone right. who's like yeah. right mostly i'm trying to think of Sorry, like I'm saying in the american system yeah, yeah, those yeah. are our two best yeah, yeah i'm just generally yeah. and they like... don't get to do big screen well, if the they do it's problem is you can like previs Yes. Everything now. So you can make anyone look like a, you know, like they can do impossible physical movements. And I don't know. Yeah. yeah Maybe it's that's also the just like, I mean, I've, I think I've, I've thrown out this bullshit before, but the fact that like on Iron Fist, they would like show him the choreography 30 minutes before he had to start filming. Right. Right. And it's like, not only did they not hire a guy with a background, which of course they didn't even those like guys train exist. him. Right. right. Oh, I thought of someone, Ronda Rousey. Oh no! Yeah, but she didn't really take off. Like but she was tried. in movies, right? I mean, look, I, I think she's good and curious. Uh, no, she's seven. not. Yes, she <laughs> is good. Yes, she is. She's fine. Yes, she is. But I do think she was so charismatic in the ring and in interviews that people mm-hmm. were like, "This is going to translate." Right. Rather yeah. than someone like Gina Carano, who was like physically impressive but right. was kind of. Lacking in personality but for a while. It's funny that we're and then the Batista, second Ronda Rousey like did Batista's SNL, it was top, like, obviously. oh, maybe there's not a thing here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just funny that we're having this conversation when Kurt Russell probably punches two people total in this movie. Well, this yeah, is he was the one fight say. in the ring that's a little yeah. more, but like he's not even. This is well, he all looks the normal. Are sort of funny, where they're all sort of slow. Yeah. 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 They're they're you know they're kind yes. of a little goofy too. Yeah. And he looks. I mean, I think he's 
so handsome. But, you know, yes. he doesn't have, like, yes. a body that, like, is insane or anything. Well. He kind of looks like a, you know, a pretty <laughs> he looks very, yeah. in-shape arms, dude. Though, the gun. I mean, no, he looks arms. good, but but compared to some of the guys we've been talking about. He's not a Schwarzenegger, Schwarzenegger type yeah. where you're like, oh, my God, what a specimen right. this person starts getting is. so yoked. You know, all these sorts of people. Even, like, Chuck Norris and whatever. Yeah. It's like when people have veins in their arms, you're like, I didn't think that my arms had yeah. veins yeah. like sticking I, well, I out it was in that way. One thing, like, right? I didn't right. Know. I didn't, real, I didn't realize it was ridged in that way. Right. I, I just think it's fascinating, and it's part of the key to the success of this movie, and certainly its legacy. And I feel like, despite the fact that yes, he does not do a lot of action, mm-hmm. Snake Plissken tends to be thought of as like one of the Mount Rushmore iconic action heroes, right? Certainly of the last like forty years or whatever. Yeah. Um, that it is like a guy who is so desperate to shatter his previous persona mm-hmm. that he just creates a full stop character that feels so distant from him. And even what he does with Carpenter later, you know, that it is just really like a a, a character and not a movie star persona, even though it's driven by movie star energy. Uh, and that anyone else in this role, it's like Tommy Lee Jones, if he had done this and it had worked, he would have been like Snake Plissken. That would have been his iconic role. His Can default. you imagine if what Metal Gear would be if Tommy Lee Jones right. had been Snake Plissken? But even that, mm. like the fact that like Snake Plissken gets ripped off so much more than John McClane does because mm-hmm. the key to John McClane is Willis. It's not on the page. Yeah. Whereas like Russell and Carpenter constructed something, you know? Which is very interesting to me. Yeah, kind of to that point, I feel like this is not a character that is easy to do. Or in fact, like the whole movie, its tone is like not something that you can kind of do anymore. Like where it's very earnest. And it's like, yeah, he's doing this voice that's clearly put on, but it's not supposed to be funny at all. Like it is like this guy's super fucking cool. You would most likely like be snickering at them almost immediately. if They're like, I'm a tough guy. I was sort of thinking about it. It's like, I think the only person who has tried to do this in serious earnestness is like Nicholas winding revenant and people do laugh like they do that snicker at, at it although that's part of the fun much yes. like this i suppose so that's a good call but right like chris pratt chris evans these guys you know yeah. they're trying to be a little vulnerable a well, little okay. personable they're lunkheads they're fun mm-hmm. right yeah two-pronged thing i want to say yep. one i do think cage upheld this for a while certainly in his bruckheimer yeah. run right now when he's doing action movies half the time but he's cage right it's the same where you're like is this guy fucking kidding like and you're right. like <laughs> i like performance but, is right, absolutely right. telling that line whereas what's impressive about Snake Plissken is you know what level Russell's on like there's none of that like is this guy fucking up questioning that you get sometimes with the Cage Con error or at least the public did at the time right right or it's like is this brilliant or is he an idiot right like, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Right. Yes. yeah. <laughs> Russell you understand how in on the joke he is without selling it out the other thing cool like, yes. this is a cool yeah. You think this That's cool? what's fascinating. Yeah, Wait, you think Snake Pluskin's a cool guy? He's yes. He's cool guy. His fucking name is Snake, motherfucker. <laughs> Wait, did you notice that he has a snake uh, tattooed of onto his chest? Is it Wait, David I have a big question coming out this. of his dick? Does the, tail, yes. does the tail go onto the dick? Well, I think it goes... His tail's it, a peepee. He, his well, peepee's a rattle. Right? <laughs> oh, that's a good call. Well, because it's the a other cobra. So, But here's the question. Does the tail just touch the top of the... Of the, so it's a basket to Griffin. use Griffin's nomenclature. PP the PP, <laughs> or or does it is has he tattooed his entire team the is black? Right, which mm. I, oh. in my opinion would be a bad move, and I don't think he should do right. it. I Your would question have imagined if it's just along the top. Ooh, oh. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. <laughs> like. It comes well. to a point, yes, but it goes yes. down the penis. But like, yeah. Also, if you tattoo you your want penis, it to be the head of the snake. 
Well, okay, well, so then, well, but the head's here. I mean, the head's right. on his tummy. But just like in retrospect, wouldn't you be like, isn't it? Well, the, there's I a bunch know. of people. One, I think he's circumcised. Look, there's this. a lot of questions. <laughs> yes. Two, yeah. if you tattoo your penis. by the way, is physically miming <laughs> out. Yeah, okay. And I don't know the answer to this, but I'm sure I could Google hey, it. I'm sure sound off whole, in the comments out If you there, tattoo guys. your penis. <laughs> let us know what you think. How does it deal with an erection? Like, And like, oh. is that a conversation you have to talk to? Because oh. like, you know how like um, Mike Tyson got Che Guevara like tattooed on his tummy, like a face? Sure. Yeah. And then he got kind of fat. And then Che Guevara was like. <laughs> like he had this like weird sort of smush Che. <laughs> like a poltergeisty kind of face now. Oh and it was like, and then tattoo people were like, yeah, you. You know, you have to be careful about like oh, body because yeah. like your body will change shape and then yeah. like I feel like snake is not face. too bad, right? Because it's not that detailed. The snake if it's is the very. Tail. It's just it's just like a blocky. It didn't look that detailed on the top either. So, but I just right. My question is just: is his whole penis the tail of the snake or not? I guess that's the question. Like, is if it, it was my call as a character designer, I would have the tail going down the top. That's my. That would that's be. My that's call. how I do. Right. I do just the surface, just the top. Or if you're feeling really extreme, have the tail go around. <laughs> oh, that would be fun. Coiled. Here's the more important that question. That would be fun. That, yes, that would be fun. <laughs> That'd be a creative use of space. <laughs> um, that also, I do feel like, would make the erection more interesting. Is that well? Crazy that would to be problematic. Right? Yeah, exactly. Again, you're stretching the skin, and I don't know what that looks like when. Sure. Right. And also, is he a grower? Like, well, is he circumcised? <laughs> Once, where's this ending? And two, is he a grown up? Because if he's a shower, then you're probably all right. Let's be honest. You just got a long tongue. What? Pliskin's probably both. Uh, You think, like, he takes it out and you're like, that's a big, soft dick. And then it gets hard and you're like, whoa, (laughs) there's more. Yes. Uh, Uh This is, of course, uh, a show where we talk about penises Uh. in film. It's Blank Check with Griffin and David. I'm Griffin. I'm David. Dog Check. (laughs) This is a podcast about filmographies in earnest. It's about filmographies, directors who have massive success early on in their careers, and they're given a series of blank checks and make whatever crazy passion projects they want. And sometimes those checks clear, and sometimes they escape from New York, baby. And this is a mini series on the films of John Carpenter. We're calling it They Podcast. That's right. I want it to be called Podscape from Newcast. Yeah, you that's sure good. did. Thank mm, you. That's it? not good. Karen. Thank you. <laughs> It's That's good. not good. It's good. No. It's good. And our guest is right. Karen Han, thank you very much for returning to the show and validating the oh, right opinion. Thank you for uh, having me back. This is Escape from New York, mm-hmm. is what we're talking about. Yep. 1981, John Carpenter film, starring Kurt Russell as Snake Plissken. Now, can I say something? Who has a snake tattoo on his chest and possibly penis, but we, we don't know. know. We don't know. I assume he had the makeup people do it onto his penis, even though it didn't. Would, I assume it, would it be I worse s- if you saw that guy and then he took off his pants and it just faded out and it the, didn't go on the dick? I would think that would cowardly. I would, yeah. be, right, right, I would think that cowardly. <laughs> I guess what would even be worse is if it didn't even fade out. It's just a severe just cut off. Stops, what if yeah, you yeah. somehow shaped your pubic hair to Ooh. sort of reflect like I don't like know. Like it's coming out of a thicket. Yeah. Yeah. I well, I had know. said uh, like a basket because it's a cobra. Uh huh. So I think yeah, that would you, kind of if be if a you fun went motif to someone. Yeah. And you're like, I need a basket pubes. I also need to know how to maintain this. <laughs> right. And, right. And then I'm going to need. Perpetuity. Well, you got to get a shape up every yeah. once in a while. I, I just. One, Kurt Russell recently in Guardians 2, of course, uh, pr- bragged about the fact that his character had a penis on screen. Sure. This great, is a thing. Scene. I was. 
gonna build a bridge to Bitcoin. Oh, you're your gonna build a bridge point. to it. But yeah. two, it just just strikes me as the kind of guy if I sat down with him and I'm like, hey, you know, overboard was that funny? He's like, ah, oh, we had a great time, and I'm like, so you know, snake, like, does the yeah. does the, the yeah. snake go all the you way have to, to the penis? To He'd be like, yeah, sure it does. Right. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. right? Like he's thought about with it. snake Pliskin, he paints the underside of the drawers. The, he knows. Snake Pliskin is his guy. Yeah. Yeah. he loves him. So you're yeah. probably like, yeah, yeah, of course he does. Yeah, come on. Does it go around? Or does it go around, Kurt? Anyway. Kurt Russell plays, of course, Star-Lord's father in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Yeah, Ego, mm-hmm. the living planet. Yes. And there was an interview with him I remember reading where he said, like, you know, I wasn't really into these superhero movies. I didn't see them. And then they send me this first one after they offer me the part. And, like, from the moment he, like, is picking up the alien and singing into it like a microphone, I went, I get it. This guy's doing what I was doing in the 80s. Uh-huh. Now, here's what I think is interesting. As you said. A high compliment from him, obviously. A high compliment. Yeah. And that Pratt. was the moment where. Uh, Everyone liked Chris Pratt for a minute there. Mm-hmm. Right. And it did feel like he was being pretty savvy uh, in, in his characterization of how he fit into these blockbusters, you know? Yeah. And even like I would give him at the time. Because that was really like right post Parks and Rec, right? right? He's right. like literally just coming off Parks right. and Rec. It's, we're still kind of rooting for him. Right. And he's having this good like supporting actor run on a Money Balls, Zero Dark Thirty, mm-hmm. five-year engagement. Mm-hmm. Wanted, of course. <laughs> he gets hit in the face with the keyboard yep. and his teeth it says fuck you. come out and it says fuck you. Does yeah. some opening credits cucking, right? I think. He definitely has like very sweaty, chubby sex with someone. <laughs> Waste no time. Um but yes, people were rooting for him, right? And I think it did feel like, oh, he's doing this kind of thing Kurt Russell's doing, where to a certain degree, he is deflating the action star at the same time that he's upholding it, you right. know? Right. What I do think is interesting is that um, Star-Lord, and then this kind of becomes de rigueur for the Marvel movies, it's like, you don't have the guys be a genuine badass, right? Mm -hmm. The entire universe keeps on deflating them. And much like Snake Plissken, it's like, oh, our biggest action stars, they don't really fight that much. (laughs) You know, you're like, well, like uh, Chris Evans and Chris Hemsworth fight. Sure. But it's like, I don't think about Star-Lord fighting. He's not, I don't think of him as a great fighter. Right. Right, Exactly. And likewise, Iron Man, it's like, I think of a video game character shooting lasers. Oh yeah, he does his zaps and stuff. Right. Right. I'm not like what a martial expert Right, like Iron Iron Man Man 3 is is a movie where he is going in and having like hand-to-hand combat and shit like that. But it is this funny thing where like that has become the type now, which feels like the, the multiple decades later evolution or devolution of the Kurt Russell thing where it's like, and this is the thing Kurt Russell said in this interview. I remember he was like, when I was doing those movies at the time, people didn't get it, you know? And, and I like, I see that he's doing the same things and taking the same risks I'm getting. It's very exciting to me to see that it's like accepted by the public, Mm. you know? Mm -hmm. But I do think there's a stronger telegraphing of the joke in the Marvel movies versus like, uh, a Snake Plissken, where, yes, part of it is like, is this guy for real? You know? This is not on topic at all, but speaking mm. of the Russell family interviews, I, I love that Kurt Russell's like, yeah, I don't really watch those, but there was like an interview that Wyatt Russell did for Falcon and the Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. where he went on and there he the interview, I think it was Jimmy Kimmel was like, so were you like a huge fan of like the Marvel comics as a kid? Because everyone in that series is like, yes, I loved comics when yeah. I was growing up. Yes. And when, then Wyatt Russell's like, well, I played sports, so <laughs> no. <laughs> It's just incredible. This one, Riot Russell is, he's special. Oh, I think yeah. that I guy think is because really he has that weird kind of like, hey man, what's up? Like mm. Kurt Russell thing going on. Yeah. 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 When Lodge he was 49, in, amazing. 
um, fuck, everybody wants some. I was like, mm-hmm. who is this guy? This guy is magnetic. And yes. then it's like, oh, he's yeah. Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn's kid. <laughs> I also think, I mean, I think uh, Falcon the Winter Soldier totally sells him out in the final episode. It's a horrible series. I mean, I don't, I, I don't I like thought, that show that much. I yeah. thought he was good. It's yeah. a weird role. This is what's happening. Yeah. I started yeah. out that series. Not you were into it. You were more into well, it. Well, I started out and I was just like, fuck it. This is the exact mm-hmm. Marvel shit. Whatever. This should be a movie. This shouldn't be eight hours long. Whatever. And as it was going on, I was like, fuck, are they like doing this? Are they pulling it off? And then the last episode bailed out everything I thought was yep. interesting about it yep. in a way that totally killed my vibe. But uh, but Don Chino, though, really good performance by him. Oh, nominated by an Emmy. <laughs> no, Emmy. I was going to say, what? So, so funny. <laughs> like, I, was, I, I think like, genuinely kind of incredible in that until it's, they sell his out Emmy his Emmy nomination is for Space Jam, too. That's true. Yeah, yes. yeah. Al, right. Al. Well, Al G. Rhythm rigged the Emmys to get him a nomination for Falcon and He's hosting uh, Algae. Yeah, I heard a Pete was also nominated in 12 categories this year. My my point is, I think the White Russell performance in that is very interesting just because he is playing this guy who is trying very hard to be like yeah. a Hollywood action the star. The character is interesting. And it's also right. like, I thought this with both him and with Florence Pugh and Black Widow, where it's like, oh, like when someone really has charisma, it makes a huge fucking difference. Yeah. Yeah. But I also, I, I admire how dark he genuinely goes mm-hmm. on that show, you know? Um, anyway, anyway, anyway. Anyway. Look. Kurt Russell. Did you introduce our guest? I can't remember. I did. Karen Hahn. Okay, Karen Hahn. Producer Ben's here. Griffin and David. Blank check. We hey, talked about penises. Hi. Hi. You're here. I am here. In um, person. In person. People on Reddit. Uh, A great way to start an exchange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited to see where the this people goes. on Reddit. No, I'm very happy we're doing this in person. Uh, we've had a fun run of doing these, uh, being able to do a bunch of these in person, which has been uh, much better. And then mm-hmm. now we realize, like, oh, we booked like ten consecutive uh, long distance people in a row. Uh, we did, but we'll do the Patreons we'll in do, person. Yes, and, yes. You know, like you know, mm-hmm. obviously, there's more in person opportunities. Yes. yes, yes. Um, but. Uh, on the Reddit, uh, uh, Blinkies, as they are wont to do, uh, obsessively uh, monitor letterbox activity and put together that both you and David had rewatched this oh, movie very yeah. close to each that other. Oh, sure. yeah. And that you had to be the guest. And then everyone was sort of pointing out like, oh, that makes perfect sense. Big, big KB energy in this movie. Mm. Now, I had not considered <laughs> why you picked this other than that. It's a good movie. That's yes, good. and and uh, you know uh, beyond that, uh, you know you were one of the people uh, we we gave a slot to, obviously in March Madness <laughs> last year, and then when Carpenter won, we we went out to most of the people who we had given that sort of a slot to and gave them an early pick on on this or you know an earlier series or whatever. But you just immediately wanted this. Is is that the main juice of the movie for you? Is the is the Borg Nine, <laughs> Harry Dean Stanton, Pleasance? I actually like sort of forgot until I watched again last night where it was like it just is a good movie and it's so snake is so iconic and it's just a cool movie and that was my reasoning for a pick for it but watching it it's like oh yeah this is just full of he's so hot he's He's so hot he has a face like an anime villain does this make sense yes it does where it's like he if he was in neon genesis of Evangelion, it'd be like yeah that's totally correct and like you know westerns are the anime Mm -hmm. showdown movies of their era (laughs) with the faces and the you know noises everything about him is good he has the coolest fucking name he has the coolest face he nothing he does is bad the earring is oh the most important costuming choice in the <laughs> yeah. history of Hollywood. Yeah. 
why does he have an earring? He's like the police commissioner, and yeah. he's yeah. just like this fucking sexy ass old man <laughs> right. with these cheekbones that are at like a twenty degree. Like they're yeah. so yeah. arched. My father once referred to him as the man with the gun slit eyes. Yeah, he's mm. right. He's got this mm-hmm. this very 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 right. like uh, impressive sort of. He's got whatever snake section eyes. of his face, well, like the, forehead the, to nose. Right, it's mm-hmm. the fucking iconic. I mean, it's like becomes one of the most legendary shots in cinemas that you're able yeah. to construct a sequence of him looking out of the yes. tension mm-hmm. of him his and his eyes just yeah. taking up a widescreen. But frame. then he turns and you're like, this motherfucker have an earring? He's a yeah. gold hoop <laughs> in his ear? I've always, like, I wish he was my dad and I would <laughs> let him discipline me. Do you know what I mean? Right. Or you would be like, yes, thank you. Yes, sir. Yeah, <laughs> I would be like, absolutely, sir. I'm going to ask an embarrassing question. Does he have a tiny ponytail in this, or do I always just add no. that in my mind? He doesn't have a tiny ponytail in this. I always, he's got the, with the earring, I always think there's like a little like bowfinger ponytail in the back. Well, he's got the sort of, and now I'm looking at pictures of him and yeah, just having same. a nice time, but you know, he's obviously <laughs> bald, yes. and he's got this kind of like no, it's just longer hair in the back. Okay, that's okay. a little long. Okay. For a, a right. you know a, a bald guy, um, I mean it's also it's, cool it's, yeah. that he's kind of what Carpenter. Aged I was about into. to say he basically looks like John Carpenter now with just <laughs> Carpenter's hair is not as curly. Yeah, but like apart from that, it's like, like Carpenter's like basically called. What are his hobbies? What are Leaf Link Leaf's hobbies? What uh, does he like to do? The well, kicking he, ass and taking names. Yeah, you're right. I mean, he's not with us anymore, right? Surely. No, he's he, dead. He, right. He what died. if Van Cleef was still young. with us and was like 130? He died when? He died in 1989. So he's 64 it's not okay. really right that he old. would be in his like yeah. he would be very old now he would yeah. be in his like late 90s but he yeah he was born in the 20s what were his hobbies He's younger than mm. i would have thought yeah oh i'll tell you oh, this um he began a business in interior decoration with second wife joan as well as pursuing his talent for painting primarily of sea and landscapes i'll Fuck. tell you this though he's buried yeah uh in hollywood hills he's buried at the forest lawn memorial park cemetery yeah, in hollywood cool. hills and yeah. his grave marker reads best of the bad Wow, referring cool. to his many uh, performances as villains yeah. over the years. Best of the bad. What a cool fucking I mean, guy. He was the bad. Yeah. He sure was. We love him yeah. in this movie. But yeah, he is one of many potential KBs that the fans were identifying. Because <laughs> Karen, you like... I mean, do we have to relitigate this? No, this I mean, is a I certain sort of action yeah. you're by. You might be a little sick of talking about no, it. No, I love talking. Well, I actually haven't had to talk about it for a while because I haven't done my yearly KB video for a oh, while because I just mm. haven't had the time to do you it. Did, yeah. You you skipped in, tw- I mean, 2020, just sort of a, a tough year to that's also true also right. so, i would argue a bad year for kbs i feel like we lost a lot of face heavy character actors yeah. of an earlier generation <laughs> in 2020 am i wrong about that oh, probably a lot of old people died so i guess that's just true in that I, balance, I, yeah. I, yeah i will say that i mean obviously like both for covid and unrelated reasons yeah i feel like we lost a lot of people of a generation yeah i think it was a disastrous year for kbs even though i'm not necessarily <laughs> thinking of specific Only ones for we lost well yeah. It was also just a tough year for movies. Yeah. Last year. So yeah. not as many good movies. Yeah, yeah. That's true. And that's just gonna rob us of opportunities for boy ogling. Well, oh new KBs. Yeah. Sure. Yes. Right. Oh, it was sure. Well, I mean, category. that's always a tough category for yeah. new people to enter the people uh, really have pantheon. to pay their dues and age into yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, the I mean the last one I did was in twenty eighteen, so it really wow. has been a while. It's been a while. Yeah. This year could be huge. I I mean, if I get back on uh what is this it? Is backlog. Yeah. I mean, yeah. What am I going to do? Does it have to be three year ret- retrospective if no, I do it? No, you just, can do whatever you want. You, you have the, the power. Yeah. It's sort of your 
thing. It's your category. The whole magic of it, in my opinion, is that it's not defined or codified. Like mm-hmm. people can move in and out. It's up to you. It's very subjective. So I remember you know. um, uh, a while ago. I, I mean, there's a. I always tweet about my crushes, but then somebody responded mm. to being like, "Karen, this is just some man," and I was like, "Well, yeah, that's the category." <laughs> well, wait, who was who was the one who was just? I, some I, man? I don't even remember anymore. <laughs> um. Isaac Hayes, KB. I guess Isaac Hayes has became a sort of problematic figure later in life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at some KBs. But Harry uh, Dean Stanton. Oh, is. absolutely. Well, yeah, right. The thing about him is he's looked old for his entire life. Like right. if you go on Google Image Search and you see, you go Harry Dean Stanton young, it just doesn't exist. <laughs> like even the pictures of him when he's young, he like looks like at least 45. He sure does. Yeah. I mean, it's the. It's impressive. It's the eyes. It's the sort of sunken eyes he has, where he just looks. He's got so sweet. Like a sleepy boy. Sweet you know. little eyes. Look at him. He does. He's got those king shark eyes. So it, we're talking about Escape from New York, Griff. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was just trying to like clock some some KB celebrity deaths. Terry Jones. Yeah. Jerry Stiller. <laughs> yeah. I think I don't think I totally knew Jerry. Terry Jones died that sad. Yeah, yeah, he did. Love Terry Jones. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like that was even sadder because like then everyone tried to book Michael Palin on their show and have him right. talk about it because they were best friends. It, uh, here's a question. Michael Palin is He's all time for So, Karen. so, 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 so sweet. Uh, My favorite. Uh, was Max von Sydow a KB or was he too pretty? Oh, yeah. No, no, no. He, no, he, he was in yeah. there. So, so that's another one. So pretty, though. Yeah, he man. was. Brian Dennehy? Yeah, absolutely. Right? I mean, there we lost a lot of KBs. Yeah. Buck Henry. <laughs> sure. Ian Holm. Yeah. Yeah. That was oh, a yeah, one. he died. Yeah. But this is the thing. And then you'd be like, was it COVID? And it's like, no, they were in their like, late 80s. This is and what you're like, saying. Oh, I suppose you're there right. There was right? just yeah. a certain generational just, wrecking right, here. Yeah. Just, you know, people They're just get getting older. old. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Harry Dean Stanton also passed away fairly he recently. Did. He yeah. was very old, wasn't he? he was, yeah, 91 he was... years old, 2017. James Lipton? Yeah, okay. Mm. Karen right. has a glass of water, and I'm waiting for the one that will make her do a spit take. Hugh Keys burn. Yeah. Regis? Regis? I liked Regis. That's I agree with that. I don't think we're gonna be calling Regis sexy, but, but we Richard? like Regis. <laughs> what little Richard? Little Richard. I don't On top I of don't spaghetti, is he <laughs> with LinkedIn jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. Escape from New York. Yes. Yes. It's a film by John Carpenter. Correct. That's correct. Is this this is the first one with John Carpenter's? I believe in the title, that's right. Where uh-huh. he is, he is right uh, now fully uh, marketable as it's, a it's as wild. an auteur. He's just yeah. a cool dude. He's a pretty cool dude. Can't deny it. Mm-hmm. He had made the film Halloween, which, which was, was a hit, very successful, very successful. So that's his guarantor, uh-huh. if you will. Mm-hmm. And then the fog, also, while not as and then like well, post Halloween right. seismic, is he's, a big hit. He's got the fog, which does well. He very did powerful. Elvis, of course, right. on television, which did well. And Kurt right. Russell's that's Kurt Russell's sort of transitory project into right. serious acting. Right. It's it's that and used cars, which we've covered in the past, Correct. and those are sort of him building the bridge to um, adulthood. 
adult movie stardom. Mm -hmm. And then this is the thing that I think finally codifies it. I was checking what year used cars was just to double check. It's 1980. I just put used cars into Google. That's what came up. (laughs) A bunch of cars for sale. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Used cars. Any yeah. good deals? I know. Isn't it like a terrible time to buy a car? Right Is now? It? I, I think so. I think there's like a Yeah, because all the rental companies when they couldn't rent out cars sold a lot of the cars. Oh. Um but then now they've been buying up all the used I think, cars. I think there's a run on a cars demand in now. So, so you should just buy a new up. car now. I, but I think those deal? are hard to get because like you can't get a microchip because COVID or whatever. You know what I mean? Where like huh. weird supply oh, chain right. stuff. Yeah, yeah. I've heard that too. Yeah. Uh, wow. Anyway, yeah, That's weird. Crazy. Weird how the world's been thrown upside down. Well, anyway, uh, yes, I was just gonna say, <laughs> uh, you know, Elvis was the first time it felt like that. Uh, perhaps a director had really latched onto what Kurt Russell could do, right? Mm-hmm. Because even uh, used cars is kind of casting him as a subversion of the Disney trope, Correct. right? It's he's like a, he's a manic you know, charmer, but who's a shyster and kind of right. a horn dog. Mm-hmm. And like, right. He's a, got a cute face for TV, but he's right. not to be trusted. And Carpenter was sort of like, people don't realize how fucking good Kurt Russell is. Like I worked with this guy. He did this major fucking uh, very long TV miniseries uh, movie playing a wildly iconic person. And he went so hard, did so much research, nailed it. Uh, he should really be taken seriously. But, it's a TV movie, right? There still very much is a ghetto to those at the time. His first thought, as we said, is going to someone like Tommy Lee Jones, who's an obvious fit for this, or someone like Charles Bronson, who, uh, you know, had done too many movies like this well, already. Well, you, you saw the quote, right? Uh, Carpenter's like, I was afraid of working with him. He was a big star, and I was this little shit nobody. Right. Funny to think of Carpenter being like, I can't, I can, you know, but, I can't lick that guy's look, feet or whatever. As, as absurd as that is, like, post-Halloween, uh, for him to think, Chuck Bronson was a big deal at this. Yeah, time. It, it, and as you said, it would have become a Charles Bronson. Also, movie, like just right? a scary dude. Scary. Yeah. The Simpsons I, joke, one of my favorites of all time. Which is where it's like where Charles Bronson is like a, a stand-in on like the Phil Silvers. Now I have to find it, and it's like, <laughs> all right, I'm gonna look it up. I Keep feel going. like he was notoriously kind of nice, but he looks right, but so he looks- angry. On the Andy Griffith show. That's yeah. what it is. Okay. Don't you remember? And they're yes. like, what happened yes. to... Uh, and he's like, I shot him. Yes. And they're like, what? <laughs> he's like, and now I'm going to go to like Eddie's Fix-It to fix Eddie or whatever. Like, Wait, oh my so God. He's like, he, the joke is that he's Barney Fife's replacement. Yes. Right. Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> yes. He was just a guy who looked so intimidating. And certainly if you're John Carpenter and you're fairly young and this guy's been a movie star for decades and has his own fucking thing figured out, I mm-hmm. imagine it'd be a little bit of like what you hear with uh, uh, you know later period Bruce Willis where he's just like I'm not gonna listen to you uh, yeah. you know I know what I'm doing I'm Bruce I'm Bruce Willis I'm Bruce hey what lens would you use for this huh uh, you don't understand movies okay you guys do you <laughs> know we've this? talked about this on the podcast. But, but Karen do you know this no that's apparently the Bruce Willis thing that he like tests them on the first day about how well they know their lenses and if they get it wrong he's like you don't know what you're talking about I'm never listening to you ever again <laughs> oh my god right uh, because people will be like, oh, I worked I with Bruce Willis. That. I find that incredibly rude. People yeah. will be like, oh, I worked with Bruce Willis. It's a fucking nightmare. And then right. someone like Wes Anderson will be like, I don't know. I found him a sweetheart. Oh, man. And it's just like Wes nailed the, right. the lens, nailed the lens test. test. Right. Yeah. Same with Ryan Johnson. Yeah. 
and Tommy Lee Jones. Just Steven Soderbergh is like, oh, it's an iPhone. Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> uh, I, I, a, too short three to walk. Cameras, yeah. I, I think <laughs> too short to walk. Sure. Were confused when he cast Russell in Yo, this. Totally. I think a the industry was like, really? I know you liked the guy mm-hmm. and you had a good time with him on the Elvis movie, but come on, this is like a whole different thing. And I even just imagine in terms of marketing for the movie. It must have been sort of like he's nowhere on the marketing for the movie. Mm-hmm. Right. The movie, I mean, obviously it's a very iconic poster, but yeah. It's, yeah. it's all selling you on what if New York was a big prison, which and is like an insane so... concept to open your movie with, yes. where it's like minute one, he's like, uh, all of Manhattan is a prison island. And it's like, holy shit, it's the best. Yeah, it is truly the best. Those graphics, like all of the graphics in this, are so great. You guys know the wireframe thing, right? They well. I, I, I certainly do. Maybe maybe you guys when you're don't. Getting like the the computer view of the city as the plane is going. I took because Ben and I went to go see this at a drive-in a couple months ago. Aww. We did a Robocop Escape from New York double feature. That's great. Which yeah. was a real Ben and Griff night. Yeah, it was real Aww. fun. Um but uh and Robocop does a very similar trick, but when they are uh flying the plane over the buildings, he could not afford the they CGI couldn't actually for do that. That would be yeah. way that, too that's expensive like as advanced, time. as expensive as like I mean Star Trek has the one shot of a hand that costs like a million dollars probably <laughs> that they had to license from Ed Catmull. Um so it is just like a Godzilla sized model of a city that was painted jet black and then they put green reflective tape over it. And it's completely analog. It looks so cool. It looks, it looks so like fucking cool. Robocop does the same thing when Robocop has thermal vision. When the, the mm-hmm, guy who lost mm-hmm. the mayoral election is like holding everyone hostage. Where they're wearing bodysuits that just have thermal imaging painted on them. That's now amazing. we should mention Rules. who was uh, the photographer in charge of photography for the special effects and Matt and stuff. Mm-hmm. With Jimmy C. Jimmy C. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll, talk boy, Jimmy we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. But here, wait, yeah. wait, wait, wait. We're getting ahead of ourselves Okay, here. okay. Uh, right. So, wait, I think JJ pulled up in, in the, the original, I don't know if it was the original draft or the original conception of the movie. It was only supposed to be six years in the future. It was. Wow. He wrote it in 19... 19- the mid 70s and right. they set it in 82 right this was in that batch we've talked about a couple times already where post dark star no one wants to hire him to direct let me write a bunch of scripts try to get some stuff made so it's this it's what becomes eyes of laura mars that western he was going to do with elvis and John Wayne Diablo. amazing yes. Um, Which sounds so cool. But this <laughs> seemed to be the one that he always liked the most and was uh-huh. hoping he would get to he do He liked himself. this one the most. I got to say, the other one that sounds cool is The Prometheus Crisis. Sounds fucking rad. Which <laughs> is a quote, nuclear David. meltdown movie. Yeah. And whatever, you know, he couldn't get it going. And but it's blah, like blah, a blah. nuclear meltdown haunted house. That's Hell how he yeah. described it. A haunted house movie set in a nuclear yeah. plant. Which he just... had a deal for this. This was going to be his thing after the fog, right? And then it got sort of caught up where he realized like... His salary got put in escrow and he didn't believe that they were ever actually going to make it or whatever. It sounded like the, you had some some kind of uh, less than honest upstart producers who bought the rights to this thing but then we're sort of just using it to be able to promote his name to get other projects mm. off the ground and then he couldn't make it because he could never get the rights back from them mm. yeah but yes he had this script Escape from New York mm-hmm. I think it may have initially been called something else or yes. New York I can't remember um, Nick Castle who is the co-writer mm-hmm. and of course who plays um, Michael Myers the shape and, mm-hmm. and who eventually directs last directs Star Fighter. movies yeah. and so on mm-hmm. Apparently, kind of made it funnier. Yeah, Carpenter's quote is basically like, "My movie was really grim," and he he sort of gave it a sense of humor. 
um, which is pretty crucial breakthrough for Carpenter, because I feel like after this point, Carpenter taps into his own sense of humor. I think he starts to realize the value of adding that layer. Whereas the earlier movies, apart from Dark Star, are are pretty not they're not funny. Right. Right. Dark Star is funny. But then the fact that people didn't find it funny kind of uh, terrified (laughs) both of them. Yeah. Escape from New York. So, you know, and then obviously, you know, I mean, the Halloween success, yeah. the fog to a lesser extent, but, you know, it just means he can he can do a movie now. I mean, this movie yeah. is made cheaply, but. I, I brought up the six years thing just because I find it interesting that it, it does not sound like his adjustment was, oh, I want to set it further in the future so that society has decayed even more. It's that his original script had this level of decay and he was like, six might be a little quick. <laughs> He, he, like he calls just it a subtle but significant change. Right. right. Cause he was All like, right, if I think sure. about 17 years ago, that's more of a significant change mm-hmm. yeah. mm-hmm. back in my mind. Right. Yeah. Um, anyway. And you know, whatever he was wrong. Uh, New York is in a prison. <laughs> island. Yet. <laughs> it is funny that I feel like the last six months of like the fucking conservative think piece people being like, New York is dead. It's a yeah. husk of what it once was. They're all trying to make it sound like it's this now. Yeah. That yeah. post like COVID New York is escape from New York. <laughs> but yeah. we're not wearing clothes. <laughs> right. We're all scantily clad. Yes. What yeah. a stupid article. Truly. Uh, do so you know dumb. what's bad? Huh? You know what's bad? What? Uh, everything. So, okay. well, come on now. What about this podcast? Well, this movie's good. good. The podcast is okay. It, it's just so funny that he's like, uh, 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 New York's a prison island now, and uh, uh, also the president crashes in there. And it's like, Pretty everything quickly. at once. Really it's quickly. true. Yeah. And those poor fuckers on that plane, by the way. We cut to the plane. Rip, yeah. yeah. And the president's like, so what are you... What are we going to do? And they're like, uh, I mean, and he's like, put me in the pod then. And then that plane <laughs> crashes. They're all dead. All yeah. the other ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do find it funny that like, he was just like, I don't know. I just felt like a good part for Pleasance, right? Pleasance is his guy. Yeah, he's an English guy. Right, he throws it to Pleasance. Pleasance like, is like, yes, also like president. arguably <laughs> the least distinct president of all time. Like if he yes. was the president and someone sent me in there and was like, you have to find the president, I'd be like, I can't do that. Right. Like I don't know what he's he a dude. Yeah, he's like a sort of a big bald dude. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, got kind of look, kind of looks at you funny. But I just yeah. find it funny. Like apparently, Pleasant's got really in his head about like, okay, so I need to do the character work to justify how a Brit could <laughs> yes. become president. He and came wrote... to him and was like, I figured it out. Sixteen pages. So Maggie Thatcher at this point. Oh my god! Does yeah, he this. tried to explain why a British sounding guy would be president. Yeah. And Carpenter was like, uh, okay, I don't, I don't care. care. <laughs> like, Thank you very much. It's None like of Edward this is Norton in the movie. In yeah. it's just like I, I mean, I have no intellectual explanation for why I cast him. I, I, he like he mentions guy. his performance in Cul de Sac, mm-hmm. where he played a victim out of place. Mm-hmm. Um, but he also says he's one of my favorite actors of all time. So right. it's just he yeah, likes Donald Pleasance, likes Donnie. I also think like his his British accent more generally just kind of like just reads as like, like this you received know? pronunciation, right. transatlantic. But it's just right. like I'm like, what fucking nation at war oh. <laughs> is like this is the guy. You right. know what yeah. I mean? It just doesn't strike right. but whatever. It doesn't well, matter. That sort of makes sense in, in that at the end they're like, Yeah, we don't really need him. Like sure. we just need this thing. It's yes. like Well, but isn't it kind of the thing that I think is another theme that really starts with this movie for Carpenter where it's like anti establishment? Mm-hmm. Right, and oh, I feel yeah. like sure, yeah. he is like an ineffective yeah. president, he's right? A, and he really a, a embodies dope. that part. Yeah, and I mean, his, the payoff with him at the end is great. I love Donald Pleasance to death. He's the best. He's wonderful. He's, he's beautiful. 
He's a beautiful little boy. He's, he's so beautiful dirty and they shiny clean boy. him up real quick. <laughs> yeah, they do clean that him up. Well, so he's easy to clean up because he's like a fucking cue ball. Yeah. Yeah. You just sort of like buff him out. Yeah, like, he's, he's so red. Get one of those bowling ball claws. <laughs> yeah, that's what Put his head in between yeah. your knees. Uh, yeah. That's wonderful. All right. So, wait, I'm trying to go, you know, uh, there's this, right? They have this deal with Avco Embassy. Mm-hmm. Um, for the fog in another movie. Right. Okay. And they had some other movie maybe they were going to do and it wasn't happening. It Am might I have misremembering been the Prometheus that he had, one. He had sold it to them just as a script. And then the Correct. idea of him coming back and saying, I want this to be my next directorial project it, it was, was a, some other thing right. stalled out. And he was like, right. why don't we just do Escape? Like, right. Why don't we just do yeah, that? Just let um, me do it. Right. He had $7 million, mm-hmm. which was his biggest budget ever, but it's still not obviously a big, big budget. Sure. And they shot it in St. Louis because. They needed a city they could just treat like shit. Yeah. Where they're like, hey, you got like a few bucks. We could just like light <laughs> right. on fire. Right. And they were just like, we're going to tear all this down. I mean, here. that's also do, kind of the fun thing where it's like, yes. this is not distinguishable as New York, like not at all. Really. Like, no. there's nothing no. in there. I mean, especially not once they're on the bridge no. and you're like, what bridge is this? <laughs> it's such a funny, like, the poster, the poster is so heavy on like Statue of Liberty. Yeah. It takes up more. Which is a great image. And oh, does not right. occur in the right. film. Yeah. Right. But like, not only that, you're getting like no. New York landmarks and the poster mm-hmm. is like starring the Statue well, of Liberty and Kurt also Russell. Like when they're like, oh, this used to be the public library. Right. It's like, no, no it did. Well, but uh, no, yeah, did. that's what Forky kept. He's like, are they in Grand Central? And I'm like, yeah, I guess <laughs> sure. so. That, yeah, that could be what this is. Yeah. Right. Um, but uh, <laughs> it really works just because you're like, well, I don't know. Everything's gone to shit. Carpenter. It's St. a really Louis, like okay and then just coasting on yes. that. St. Yeah. Louis looks a lot like destroyed New York. <laughs> well, this is Carpenter. In addition rude. to having the architecture of an eastern city, they let us shut down the streets, set them on fire, well. crash an airplane, do anything we wanted. Okay, I guess sure. they just, yeah. Like you said, they just had these few blocks where it's like, well, look, these are going to be raised anyway. Yeah. They're completely delinquent or I don't know. I don't know uh, what was going on. And then they shot the whole damn thing at night. Yeah, which I love. They weren't doing day for night. They had to develop, I, I believe, some new lenses huh. to be able to shoot that much at night without having to blow the budget on lights. Oh. Yes. The greatest of all time. And he is the greatest of all time. And now we've talked about so many Dean Cundy movies. Yeah. Although we've never done Jurassic Park. No. But, mm. but like that shot where I tweeted it, but like where, where snake is in the glider yeah. and it's red behind yeah, him and shit is the sexiest. And it's yeah. like, it's Dean nothing. Cute. And I'm completely, oh, oh, we talked about it. He is a patootie. He's yeah. a patootie. I mean, see, we find him cute in like an Ewok way. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you find him cute in like a boyfriend. Way. <laughs> well, Ewoks yeah. can be boyfriends. Yeah. I mean, like, wouldn't you want to give him a hug after a hard day? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Just a little cuddle. Yeah, no um, question. He looks very. Cu- he I would, looks really nice. You're talking- I would love a plush Dean Cundy. I'd love a tickle me Cundy. <gasps> that t- uh... they indeed had a a Panavision 1.59 T stop lens, which uh-huh. could shoot uh, low light and large. Right, right. Large they had to expanses. sort of figure out how to expand the stops on. Yeah. Ernie Borgnine, there's some quote in here where he's, he's so like, great. boy, I'm not used to rolling in at 6 a.m. and still being sober. Every oh my Ernie God. Borgnine quote. <laughs> yes. Just, uh, what a delight, Ernie well, Borgnine. Yeah, David, I don't true. know if you know this. I'm going to lean in and just whisper Please. this into your ear as quietly as I can. So the mics don't pick it up. Yeah, I'm covering my hands around <laughs> okay, my Okay, so the mics don't pick it up. I say, no one's going to hear this, okay? David, I don't know if you know this, mm. but he liked to masturbate a lot. <laughs> He's in one of the what's up with that's, right? 
Yes. He's so, oh. I remember him being so funny in that. Yes. Like, even Wait, though he really? has like one line, yes. obviously. It was because oh Red was coming out. The movie Red was no. coming out. And I think it's him and Morgan Freeman or him and another guy Wait, from Red. that's incredible. It, it was just, yes, it's Morgan <gasps> oh Freeman. God. Right. It was like they clearly were doing some Red oh press junket and they wrote both of them in. He's adorable. I mean, Ernest Borgnine has one of the cutest smiles of yeah. all. He does. But the reason well, I think well, it's like, so really good. Round it's the cheeks gap. and eyes. Yeah. 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 I like what's up with that always, but it's yeah. the yeah. one where he really seems delighted to be part of the <laughs> fictional show What's it. Up With That. And he's like loving all <laughs> the dancers. Every time. time they introduce a new character, he's just like his eyes are I'm literally, I'm just watching it right now. And he starts off at 10. Yeah, he's great. He's already laughing and it's only the title screen. Like Morgan Freeman has more of a vibe of like, what is this thing that I'm doing? Yeah. Right? I don't like, like being here. <laughs> and there's part he's like, this is great. I'm going to jerk off about this later. <laughs> I just think what a I'm sorry. Gremlin. I'm sorry. I apologize. No, we all know that if you don't Google Ernest Borgnine talking about his masturbation habits on what was it, <laughs> the Today Show or something like something That's like insane. that. Fox That's and Friends. Am I wrong about that? He was on one. He was on a morning show, and they go like, "Ernie, you're 93. Look great. What's your secret?" Oh and he God. leans in, covers his mouth, and then very loudly says, <laughs> "I like to masturbate a lot." It oh is. It is indeed Fox and Friends. Yep. Oh no. Aww. It's incredible. It was one of the greatest things that has ever happened on television. That's incredible. How old was he when he did this? <laughs> it was like two years ago. Oh my God. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was, it was early 90s, right? Yeah, it was in 2008. So I guess he was probably like in his. No, he was 91. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. This is what I'm saying. He was absurdly old. He was oh absurdly my old. God. And he just oh threw it, it uh, He was married to Ethel Merman, right? Yes, he was. Like maybe For 42 days. Weirdest Hollywood marriage of all time. Yeah. Their He's... time together was mostly spent hurling profane insults at each other and both later admitted that the marriage was a colossal mistake. God, like that's the Malcolm and Marie I want to see. You know? Oh, yeah, where Can... it's like fun. Right. I mean, just imagine how much fun it was <laughs> yeah. to take this picture. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> just the pure privilege <laughs> of just taking <laughs> this picture. David, David describe the photo. Oh, my God. Ernie Borgnine, in a picture taken in 2004, so he's in his late 80s. Mm-hmm. Is is doffing a a naval cap? I believe he served in the navy. But he's sort of giving it a, a milady tip. Yeah, right? it's a, yeah, it's yeah, a yeah, doff. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's sort of half off his head at an angle with just a big old Ernie Borgnine smile. I There's mean, how else can you describe about him? There is no old man who has ever. It's one of those. Oh, it's on his Wikipedia. Like, he's so old that he served in the navy before World War Two, and then when World War Two happened, he like came back. He was, he was back. like, "Oh shit, you need me? I'll rejoin." Get the masturbation oh hammock god. ready for Ernie. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> I just think. There's no old man who looks more like a kindergartner than Ernest Borgnine. Like that's that a photo good call. you just showed, it looks that looks like a fucking school picture day, right? There are no know, pictures of him. But it not also smiling. looks like he's about to, you know, set up Elsa and Kristoff in <laughs> Frozen or whatever. He looks like a little troll. Like <laughs> he looks like a little rock troll. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's true. He, oh, or Elsa and Kristoff. I can't. Anna and Kristoff. Whoever yes, the Anna couple is in that Elsa is loves. He's just a delight. Look at him. He's on Look a construction at that man. <laughs> he's, he's got a hat for yeah. safety, Karen. No, I'm, I like it. I That's know why I'm you pointing do. it out. I mean, it's. Oh, my God. Talk about an important decision that. Uh, uh, I've also Carpenter now makes. found a, uh, I believe, magazine pr- cover, which is Don't Miss Ernest Borgnine on the Bus, which appears to be about a reality <laughs> show where he goes around on a giant bus. What? Like I mean, that bus. sounds 
good. Sounds is he driving the, the bus? Pictures are extremely Or is he good. just like, you get on the bus, someone's driving, and he's going around and be like, hi, I'm Ernie, this is my he's, bus. <laughs> he's riding. We'll be going to Fresno today. I'm he's riding the top of the bus Teen Wolf style. Yeah, like, he's right. like hanging he's, tan on the he's bus. He's like Morpheus in the Matrix Reloaded. He's, um, he's, okay. he's According hanging. According to a description, it says he, he went around to greet his fans on this bus, um, and I have found... It seems like he is driving it. He's driving it. I don't know, Ernie. You're getting old. I don't know if I want you driving when a bus. No, he Do you have a class B license? Hardy. When was this? Um, this was in 1997. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. All right. He was, and he did it in 1996. He was grandpa age. Yeah, he was a spry yeah. 76. Right. Right. Yeah. The pictures are really, really good. I highly recommend you just Google Ernest Borgnine on the bus. I can't believe that show existed. <laughs> God, you know, he he died longer ago than I remembered. Well, he was old. Yeah. I know he was old, but I, I just, I, his passing feels like it was just yesterday. It, when it was in fact about nine. It's because he's ago. got such spirit. He's got yeah. such spirit. He he stays with us. He lives in our hearts That's forever. True. Yes. He also worked right up until the very end. Yeah. I mean, he was on Fox and Friends. Right, where you just took it for granted. Where you're like, this guy's never gonna die, right? Well, he dies in Escape from New York. He that does. Was sad. Alert. It is sad. I, I was gonna Doesn't say make it. an incredible decision on Carpenter's yeah. uh, uh, part is to uh, make him a cabbie. Yep. Name him Cabby. Name him yep. Cabby. Give him a little Cabby cap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And a little cab that's just a little a little yellow square, really. Yeah. It's yeah. it's a real it's, it's a, a real box. stout little car. Yeah. Yeah. It's a real hat trick of good decisions for Carpenter. Well, like, it's the same, I feel uh, like, reasoning behind New York's a prison island and the president crashes on it, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's the same logical stream. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, Absolutely. Escape from New York made I feel like in a similar way to his other movies where he's doing the score. Obviously, yeah. he's collaborating this time. Rips. Incredible score. Yeah. Uh, well, this uh, is collaborating this time with Alan Hoeth. Is that how you say his name? But big difference Hoeth. here is mm. he was saying that like up until this point, he did what was sort of the the standard for the time where it's like, you know, a director tells the composer, I have this type of scene. I, I need 80 seconds of music. And you compose something and you time it with a stopwatch and you hand it to him. Right. This was a movie where he was using videotapes. He, of cuts, he was scoring to the film, which was not right. often done at that point in time. I think he used to just noodle around. Well, yeah, he <laughs> right. had not done before. Right, he right. just go like, "Here's my theme, and I'll repeat it." Which is why so many of his movies have these like very potent earworm. Like, I came up with one ringtone, which I can reuse eighteen <laughs> times over the course of the movie. The, you know, the, the, the line that I like that JJ Fred is Howarth. Being like, hey, we should like press an LP of your score, and Carpenter's like, what? Right? <laughs> Who's gonna listen to that? But, but he's like, it's right. a cool score, man. It's like, the first time he scored in a picture. That. Right. He said he he still does most of his musical uh, compositions imp improvisationally, mm -hmm. um, but his process was starting to maybe formalize a little bit at this point as he was sort of accepting, like, oh, maybe I'm really going to be the composer of these movies going forward and not just in order to save a little money in the budget. But he's still the self-deprecating. He's like, oh, I'm cheap. What yeah. can I tell you? you yeah. know, he, right. But yeah. Uh, I mean, it, yes. is, it is really impressive. It's I, such I've a cool score. i this theme stuck in my head for four months since we went to the drive-in. Can, like, can you give us a little piece? Dun-dun-dun. 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 Dun-dun. <laughs> 
Okay, we're back from an ad. Um, <laughs> Sorry, that's where the ad went. Um, as Ben mentioned, James Cameron worked on this movie. Young yeah. James Cameron. Oh. Carpenter called him the resident genius. Right. Everyone was kind of losing their mind over this guy saying he was the future. Worked on wow. like the matte paintings and the miniatures and stuff. J.J. Abrams, at a test screening of this film as a teenager, yes. asked uh, if Adrienne Barbeau's character had died or not mm-hmm. because Aww. they did not have the scene, the, the shot of her lying in yeah. blood. Mm-hmm. And Carpenter's like, I guess they didn't get that. <laughs> get Adrian on the floor. We'll cover her in blood. We'll, we'll fucking, uh, <laughs> they did it in their garage. Yeah. We'll, wow. we'll, we'll, it was a one we'll shot, a shot reshoot done in their garage. Isn't it funny that J.J. Abrams is kind of like uh, this Forrest Gump figure? Well, that's why when people are like, why are his movies so derivative? I'm like, read about his life as yeah, a young boy. Right. <laughs> like, like, there's oh, a reason. Right. He, he enacted a change in Escape from New York. He forced them to do reshoots. And then it's like, <laughs> He Spielberg personally hired him and Matt Reeves to restore his like eight millimeter short films when he was a teenager, right? Because mm-hmm. he was like the resident eight millimeter kid. Yeah, uh, I'm the eight millimeter kid. That's what he would say. This yeah. just reminds me. Of, there's that thing going around on Twitter today where it's like this 16 year old's interested in cryptocurrency, and it's this this very very young looking boy in like yes. a very blue suit, and yes. it's it's like oh he's not gonna. When he grows up, it's not going to be good. It's not going to be good. It's you not going to be good. You don't want to be in a little suit when you're that No. Age. You don't want to be a crypto kid in a little suit. <laughs> um, so, Boss so, baby. Just yeah. a lot of Please, I don't speak that way about David Stone. Oh, I'm sorry. Right, like brushing up against this movie. A lot of future yeah. Hollywood royalty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, yeah, Wild. he just assembles this crew of God character actors. Right. <laughs> I mean, we talked about Russell, Lee Van Cleef. Yeah. Donnie Plez, uh-huh. Ernie Borg, Ernie Borg, Isaac Borg. Hayes is in yes. there. Harry Dean Stanton. Stanton, fucking Hayes rules. He's, he's the Duke. He is so <laughs> fucking good in this. Man. Yeah, the opening credits of this movie are just insane. As like, especially set to the score, you know, as it's building, and you're just like, him too. He's also <laughs> in this. It and is then, hit after hit, right? And then it takes all so, killers, no fillers. It takes so long for most of the characters to get introduced. Yeah. But by the time yeah. like Isaac Hayes comes in, you're surprised again. Yeah. Like I've seen this movie multiple times. When I see them in the credits, I'm like, oh right. And then when he shows up on screen, I'm like, oh right, because you just kind of can't keep track of everyone. Do you like his car? In this movie, man? Um, yeah, absolutely. Do you like what he's done with it? <laughs> I think he's uh, really taken uh, like cars to the next level in that he has a fucking chandelier on. The chandeliers are an incredible touch. I didn't notice that, actually. I, I wasn't so. even thinking about that. I'm joking. Also, it's so funny <laughs> at the end where you see someone like in the driver's POV and you see how much real estate the chandeliers take up like in your vision. Right. It's like, Terrible for yeah. practical. Idea. Awful idea. I know there's yeah. not a lot of traffic on the road in prison <laughs> Manhattan. Like, yeah, no. So- there's we're, not a lot. Yeah. Um, Isaac Hayes, I, I really love... Um, well, I love Tom Atkins. We talked about him mm-hmm. before. Uh-huh. He's wonderful. Yeah. Um, I love uh, the most rectangular man. Very, re- very. He's yeah. he's a blocky man. Yeah. yeah. I love Frank Doubleday, who is the guy who shot the kid in Assault on Precinct Thirteen, mm. and this is like White Sonic the Hedgehog or whatever. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> he's so good. What's the character's name? R- Romero, because there's also a Cronenberg. Wait, They're all named after like his horror yeah. buddies, but he's right. Romero. He looks right. like but a his little character really like. Is the first like one where he just looks like abnormal, and you're yeah. like, "This is a weird, fucked up future." It's funny because no one else really comes up to that level. No, he is. He's definitely right, punching at a weird, weirdo, a higher weirdo rate. 
Most people are just kind of like dirty, you know, right? Yeah. D- dirty crime people with yeah. like a crossbow, yeah. right? Right. Or some some just rocks. got like one weird ar- article of clothing that presumably they stole or oh, something. Some, someone's, someone's at the at door. door someone's man. at the door. All right, this is not an ad break. I don't know, but maybe it is, <laughs> oh David. We don't know, David. We don't know. It very well might be. Who was it, Ben? What'd you get? It was. Oh, well, let me she, guess. The, she the, put it in the mail slot, so I'll get it later. It was okay. the wet transfer. <laughs> One of your worst characters. I don't were saying character. It was someone who just showed up when we were recording. Um, Escape from New York uh-huh. is set in 19... Well, here it says 19... It's set in 1997. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. It's saying that... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's saying Manhattan was turned into a prison island in 1988. That's okay. Right. Who knew? Um, Does Escape from LA come out in 97? 96, is, I believe. Yeah, it's kind of bummer you missed it by a year. Yeah. Um, and something we should mention too well, is it's New good York. Though, because then it's like, hey, who knows? Maybe by 97, <laughs> everything's fucking, you don't know. Um, but I was going to say, New York is like a shithole, though. It's, it's not in time. great shape. It's, it's oh, really, you're saying in 1981. Well, like, like real 70s, New York. yeah, sure, 80s. Sure. This is yeah, a bad yeah. time. Oh, you're saying in the real world, yeah. this is a yeah. rough period. Yes, yeah. But yes, still, yes, Carpenter yes. is still in good enough shape that Carpenter knows. New York will not actually it, right. be uh, a prison well, We can't island. sell New York as bad New York right now. Well, I think you know it's the I mean? bigger problem is just like uh, uh, people control. Well, right? that's true. Too. You're not going to get free reign to lock down this many blocks to limit the amount of people going through. I mean, there's something about how desolate New York is in this that makes it really brings eerie. up a lot of questions of how many prisoners do they send in true at like all. Is, do you go in there for everything like is it what did is the it cabbie a capsule? do he seems nice too cute yeah too i cute. just want to also point he out broke too many hearts oh. <laughs> australia was a prison island so that this is isn't a completely preposterous idea well, yeah. but the thing about the australian prison colonies which were you know on reflection a little problematic is <laughs> little <laughs> They would send kids for kids for stealing bread. They just uh, send them. Maybe they should have stolen that bread. Well, okay. <laughs> Even if, okay. they only stole bread because some other kid was like, "You've got to pick a pocket or or whatever." Right? You know, at the end of Oliver Twist, Ar- the Artful Dodger is deported Wait. to Australia. I'm sorry. <laughs> Who? Oliver. Is this true? Or I can't. I can't track this anymore. Is that? That is true. I mean, yes. The, at the end that, of Oliver Twist, really? the Artful Dodger. That's is the twist. <laughs> It's like I love this Oliver guy, but Charlie, what's the twist? He's like, the twist is crime pays, <laughs> pays all the fucking way to Australia, my friend. Um, Booked yourself a one-way ticket. Oh Australia my God. is much bigger than Manhattan. You yes. know, if you're gonna keep mm-hmm. it, Manhattan will eventually fill up. Australia also, yeah, very large. Problematic for a different reason than yeah. converting a current city. Not your into, place, yeah. right? You can't I, just I be like, you know what, that. that place over there. <laughs> I will say I they're always, gonna love that when we send all of our prisoners over there. I You're always be super chill. Uh, sorry, <laughs> Go it's ahead. not gonna be uh, any problems at all. I'm always a fan of this as like a dystopian storytelling trope where we're like, oh, we just gave up on this place. We're just we're, army it's of the dead style. Done. Yeah, I like that army of the dead. I like anything where it's like Earth. No one lives on Earth anymore. Right. You know, like like oh, we fucked it up beyond repair. So we fucked up beyond repair, and it's just that's just a write off now. It's yeah. just lawless. Yeah, right. Um, but yes, I do wonder, it's like, right, if I, 
commit like tax fraud, am I kicked there? Or is there like maybe a is there a limit? Do you, do is like Staten Island like like sort of like maybe a slightly chiller prison? <laughs> I don't know. How does Did it work? you ever read? I want to say it was Grant Morrison. Maybe I'm, I'm misremembering, but it was a, a an Arkham Asylum miniseries mm-hmm. it's grant morrison i mean grant morrison did the Arkham i know Asylum he did one but i'm book. trying to remember if this is the same one but it was about like a white collar criminal that's not grant okay morrison. i don't who, think he was a white collar criminal who did some shitty financial crime right and then he pleads insanity oh so that he can receive a lighter sentence and the irony is they send him to arkham asylum and it's such a fucking good premise where it's like this douchebag who like fucking you know, uh, managed a hedge fund and like rip people off is like, great. I'm just going to spend three weeks, weeks in insane asylum. I'll be fine. And then he's in there with like yeah. deranged Batman supervillains. Um, that is a great idea. The Grant Morrison one is the Dave McKeon drawn one where right. it's like super, super impressionistic. Right. I'm forgetting um, who wrote yeah. this one, but anyway. I always feel like with the serious house and serious Yeah. Which Amazing. It's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Rules. Yeah. With premises like this, the escape from New York thing. I mm-hmm. always wish they put that kind of thing in there where it's like, <laughs> and here's the white collar guy who's way in over his but head. Yeah. There is, as Karen was saying, there's nothing like the simplicity of just like map of Manhattan. I'm like, I know what that is. And they're like, all right, do, 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 do. all right, that's where the prison is. Like just draw a line. Well, this movie is so good at setting up. It's like objectives, it's stakes, yes. it's risks. Every dystopia, after it is in, is indebted to its yeah. simplicity, basically. and just yes, just how quickly they set everything up. Things like that throwaway line where it's like he got a purple heart in Leningrad, and you're like, what was what happened in Leningrad, yeah. Siberia? Like what you know, where it's just we don't need to say anything else. We know we're at war with Russia or whatever, right? Stuff like that, total throwaway stuff that the, gets the it shot all in across. the neck. Obviously, is just like such a genius move. Oh, yeah, well, Slip Slim not improved it, but yeah. I mean, they they perfected that with Slipknot. Slipknot improved getting killed. Slipknot improved dying immediately. Yeah, in that sense, he improved fucking up. Oh, um, rip, but I just remember you saying that then, where it's rip, like, rip, right, that's how slip. you solve why this guy does <laughs> the thing. Right. Yeah. Because like, you're While like retaining why his he, outsider status. Why would he give a shit? He should just escape. Right. right? There's Once no he's part like of him out that of wants jail. To do right. This. No, but you have but, to. Right. But you yeah, it, it is. Yeah. It really just it's right. forcing him, and it's setting a time. Right. The yeah. watch right? is great. It's just giving rules yeah. to this kind of like unruly place. Yeah, I love the time thing, but it also is so funny that he falls asleep for a little more than half of it. <laughs> he just, yes. He just takes a little nappy nap. Um, a big nappy nap. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. Um, boy. That's like a real exhaustion nap. He's sleepy. Yeah. He's. A little tie tie. Yeah, he's tie tie boy. But I mean, um, we did our our Riddick commentaries. We did, That's and true. in both the third Riddick and in Pitch Black, you kept on sort of saying like, "Why can't people just fucking make this?" Like, especially Pitch Black, where you're just like, "It's so simple. It's so straightforward. It's not overcomplicating itself. Mm-hmm. It's within its means." All this, like, this movie is so economic, you know, yeah, in every he, sense, and just sort yeah. of just like blunt. Like, here's the fucking setup. Here's the layout. Here's the deal, and we're off. It, well, it's also, well, because, and yes, the first 20 minutes, and Lee Van Cleef is crucial to all that. Yeah. You're selling to these everything, lines. Arguably. You know, there's this, all this silliness. My father, just, Lee Van Cleef. Yeah. Dude, Not, Snake is such a fucking badass. He is, he's yeah. like sitting at that goddamn desk, and he's just like, <laughs> president of what? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Okay, but also, yes. when Lee Van Cleef is like, I'm going to kick your ass into, out of the world, and it's like, what? That, what kind of thread is this? I, it's the best, the best thread the best. I've ever heard. It's incredible. Two, it's in the two meanest the motherfuckers. The, they do, the fact that that has not entered the lexicon as like a popular 
it thing should. to say. It should. Yeah. We should start saying it. Yeah. I'm going to kick your ass out of the world. They do kind of belong together. Yes. And they don't really. I mean, Lee Van Cleef will admit it and, and sneak, Snake yeah. can't admit. Hawk is Lee Van Cleef's character. Um, it's just Lee Van Cleef. But, but like they are, right, they actually do seem like they'd probably get They have yeah. similar <laughs> worldviews, even though sure. Hawk is the man. Yeah. Um, I, I also, there's a, there's a fascinating thing to me with like, I feel like by the 90s, things sort of normalize a little more again. But like, there was such a radical sea change in American cinema, at least in the 70s, right? Like New Hollywood and sort of the post-Brando generation of the method actors, naturalism taking over and movies getting messier and all this sort of shit. That like a lot of these guys like Lee Van Cleef and Ernest Borgnine who had like a very specific vibe they did that fit into an older studio system or a specific genre that like doesn't really exist anymore – in the 80s, they're in the zone where it's like, what does this guy do now? You know? And like you saying, Karen, the thing about Lee Van Cleef, like feeling like an anime character in this, it does feel like that thing where like an anime series takes elements of Western culture and then puts it into its own weird, like Eastern sci-fi sort of milieu where it's just like, it feels fundamentally so right and so wrong that this old cowboy is sitting at like a fucking tech console telling a guy he's going to kick him out of the planet, <laughs> you know? Yes. And like same thing with Borgnine where it's like this movie gets so much juice, I feel like, of putting people in like slightly odd, ill-fitting positions, yeah. you know? Yeah, I mean like from the moment that the cabbie character is introduced, you're like, what is going on here? Because he's like right. sitting at the theater like he's so happy right. and then he's like, you're Snake Pluskin. He and it's is. Like, very chipper, considering he yeah. lives in objectively a not fun place. But yeah. this is kind of a movie where every single performer has a different energy. Yes, mm-hmm. Isaac Hayes in this movie uh, is is very much of this moment. But you're like, but he shouldn't be in a movie, right? <laughs> he shouldn't be playing a part like this. Like everyone just feels like they're sort of plucked out of somewhere else, including Kurt Russell. And yeah, yes, absolutely, including yeah. Kurt Russell. Yes, and yeah. any dream bar. It made me think of. Um, uh, Mad Max Three. What's the mm-hmm. um, musician? Thunderdome. Oh, yeah. Tina Turner. Uh, Tina Turner. Tina Turner. Yeah. You she's know, so fucking cool. and she's so great in that too. Like, there's something about like you know Isaac Hayes. Right. We've never seen him in this context, and then he's <laughs> just like super fucking cool already right. as a person. But he's so cool in this fucking <laughs> right. movie, and he's just a fucking badass. I believe that people would follow him. Yeah. That's true. He's charismatic. Yeah, he's got a good hat. Yeah, oh, sort of the John Wick method of casting, right? Absolutely. Where it's like, yes. oh, we'll just put Lawrence Fishburne in there. John, John like, Wick, yeah. deeply indebted to this. Oh, yeah, and I'm time. sure they would admit it. And it's you're right, where it's like, you know what? Rather than have five minutes of talk about who this person is, yeah. why don't we just cast X and everyone will get it pretty right. much right away. Right. But I also think John Wick, the first one, I mean, you and I were talking about this the other day, David, but like the way now everyone is ripping off John Wick, yeah. right? Like John Wick has become one of everyone's three like, movies that everyone's we, trying to rip world off. World building, that's what it is. Yeah. There's there's something very, very uh, precise about the way they do world building in that movie and the surprise of that film having world building when it doesn't feel like the kind of premise that would support it that now doesn't work when you're sort of replicating it. Yeah. But there's also just something about how much like this movie, the setup is so primal. Mm-hmm. And as you said, it's sort of like every character is like a primary color. It's yes. an immediate match of energy and actor persona. But also, yeah. we don't need to know much. Right, yeah. exactly. It's a prison island. The Duke's in charge. Right. It's not like the <laughs> Warriors where there's like tons and tons of factions that he navigates. Yes. Like now if you would remake this movie, it would be longer. Right. And he would go from X place in the prison to the Y. You know, like right. he would bounce to all these locations yeah. where it would be really distinct factions. Yes. Instead, it's like he meets Ernie Borgnine. 
Right. Then he goes and meets Harry. He's Dean a cabbie. Stanton. His name is Cabbie. He drives a cab. Right. He, yeah. Harry Stanton. He's a brain. <laughs> he's a big nerd guy. Right. Yeah. He's great. It's also, also, as you pointed out, uh, well, sort of pointed out in terms of like this would be longer if it was a movie today. It's only an hour and like 40 minutes. Nice. It's yes. beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Nice short yes. movie. Yeah. It also ends. I mean, we'll talk about it. Perfect yeah. ending where it's just like, <laughs> okay. All right, bye-bye. Cut to black. But this yeah. is what I'm saying. Like, people try to replicate this so much, they don't understand what a key element of this film is, weirdly, restraint. Mm-hmm. You know, and some of it, I'm sure, is limitations it's of budget, budget but and schedule production and all of this. That's the carpenter thing. But even thing. just in, in the basic construction of the story, you know? It's not overloaded with too many set pieces, too many action sequences. You know, it is fascinating where you're like, this is thought of as an action. It's pretty simple. It's just like, this is what's cool. Right. And that's it. One big, like, fucking fight in a boxing ring. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's fair to say, and I remember listening to the rewatchables Mm. about this podcast and Bill Simmons, who I. About this movie. About this movie, sorry. Who I sort of appreciate as, and this may be a hot take, like, like, that's like a cable viewing dad yes. take on yes. things that I am, that is not attached to film Twitter and is not attached to, like where I'm like, I am sort of interested to hear the I think that's his exact value. But uh, where he's sort of like, I really love Escape from New York, blah, blah, blah. But like, it's not quite like the the real action movie juice comes a couple years later, I guess with like the Rambo sequels and stuff mm-hmm. where action movies start to get super kinetic and super um, kind of just like exciting. But even and like they live has so much more action that's what I'm than saying. this like, does. Yeah. He's not even putting, he's, I guess it's like a mild critique from him, but yeah. it's just true. Like Escape from yes. New York is quiet and it's sort of a little more slowly paced and it's a lot of kind of shuffling around and sneaking and like well, yes. often it's just sort of like a punch and then like, but that's great. It's, it's like look, rules. It's obviously, it's not like... He barely uses his gun. Right. He has like two <laughs> scenes where he uses it, maybe? Yeah. Right? It's, it's not like full action movies don't exist at this point, right? Like Bruce Lee's entire career has happened. But I do think there is a purity to franchises where like, uh, we've talked about this as well, but like it's interesting when you watch like old horror movies, right? Like like fifties horror movies, like Universal, or, or even older, even older, right? Val sure. Luton movies, uh, German Expressionists, anything sort of before maybe the seventies, you know. And uh, maybe a thousand people are going to come and correct me here. There are obviously outliers, but like a lot of them, the horror is the premise. Hell yeah! I mean, like the rather haunting, than its visceral scare. The haunting is so scary. The right. you know, but like there's not a lot of scares right. in it or whatever you know it's all tension and in the same and, way that like you know, this location. can be an action movie but it's all about the tension the premise the setup rather than it is about like stunt work yeah i mean i think that's pretty well exemplified there's that scene where they're driving the car that they stole like through a, a crowd of people and mm. it's just it's not like they're driving through them rapidly right. or even ramming no, them like very slowly right. and everyone's just wailing on the car <laughs> yeah. as they go just throwing some shit at them yeah like what little action exists in this movie is not visceral it's narrative yeah. i feel like you know? those guys are like we live on broadway because i believe they're on broadway when this it's like well, what do we do on Broadway? If any fucker drives his car down here, we throw rocks at it. What That's else the do we only do? hint you get of it's like another we faction. Well, they're vultures. Right. Yeah. I mean, they're yeah. just they're trying to get anything, anything. they can get their hands yeah. on. Well, also, not to mention, no one's coming to see their shows anymore. I mean, they're throwing <laughs> rocks that they want people to pull into the Winter Garden. Uh, yeah, they got it. Come on, no one mourns the wicked. What are Come they on. performing <laughs> at that show? I don't know. Good it's something cue. really <laughs> weird. Well, I mean, like if you Seems go to like a review, if you go to the train station. You'll see Zangief essentially fight whoever's around, right? Like yeah. that, that's what's going on at the Zangief. wrestling ring, right? And right. they're like, it's it's a classic two round fight. Round one, bats. Round two, yeah. 
bats with spikes in a trash can shield. Right? <laughs> we all know. We all know the classic progression of fighting. So well, that's like gladiator like, shit, though. Yeah, right? they that, they would do that. Change yeah, of course they would. Out. Yeah, like that guy's only strength is that he's really big. And he's like, quite large, and he only has one move, like in his move set. It's only this, and it's slow. You're thinking yeah. of it in a video game, you way better, right? Because he also he tosses his shield because yep. he has to do the two hand. Yeah. But he's he's real slow. Yeah. Uh, this, of course, is uh, Ox Baker playing the role of Slag. Amazing. Yeah. Slag is his name. You didn't Fuck. know that. Yeah. I did not know that. <laughs> So I believe good. he was a this he was a professional wrestler. Yeah, for real. <laughs> slag. Damn. Um, he's one of those guys who uh, looks my like my son. Slag. He looks like he looks in this movie. That's where you're like, oh, let me see like a picture of that guy casual, and you're like, yeah, basically, just oh, looks like slag. Look it's like how, you know, like the the Santa Claus in um, the second season of I think you should leave, where the actor's name is just Biff Whiff. Yes, yeah, so it's like Jesus. Uh, how? How? That, guy. that guy's great. Oh, he's um, wonderful. It's just that his real name is Biff Whiff. I understand these words mean different things in the world of wrestling, right? Uh huh. But it is just still jarring to look at Ox Baker's IMDb biography and have it open with Douglas Baker, better known by his moniker Ox, was one of the meanest, most vicious, hated and ugliest wrestlers ever. Wow. Where you're like, well, when you speak of a wrestler that way, you understand that's part of the appeal. But when it's on IMDb and like next to bios, like Jeffrey Wright is one of the most undersung actors of his generation. Ox Baker is so fucking ugly and mean. Everyone hates him. Uh, Ox Baker was famous for his Machiavellian eyebrows and his finishing move, the heart punch, sometimes called the hurt punch, mm. after yes. his famous catchphrase, I love to hurt people. I, I was going to bring up his famous catchphrase. It's incredible. I wonder how long he worked on that. <laughs> <laughs> what should my catchphrase be? Um, yeah, so he's slag. Um, slag. Yeah, I mean... The plot of Escape from New York. It's because it's really, it's like five locations, it's right? A, it's, it's very simple. It's a point simple. A to point B movie. Yeah. yeah. Well, like he lands. We should say like the, the, when he first, the first building, right? Because he, he crashes the plane. Right. On the goes down. Yep. He goes to where he meets the cabbie. Yep. He goes then upstairs. Finds the crazy guy. Finds like, the crazy guy. The president or whatever. Right. Yeah. Who right. has the. Has the tracker. Exactly. Yeah. And the briefcase or. I no, know, they, he just has the tracking later. device. Okay, Because right. they, they shoot him to get the briefcase. Right. Yeah. Um, and then that's the first time we actually just see some really scary, not even, it's not, it's it's like sexual assault, like mm-hmm. really scary and fucked up. But the whole thing that's magic about Snake, it's not that he doesn't care, but he definitely is just kind of like, all right, you know, like, and he just yeah. sort of like moving along, right? Yeah. yeah. And he never seems that perturbed, he, but he doesn't seem like he's into it either. He's mm-hmm. just sort of like, eh. Here I am at work. And he's not like, in a rush, though, either. He's though. not yeah. even though he's like, his around. neck is going to yeah. explode. Yeah. Yeah, he's not. Yeah. And I feel like if I was like, come on, Snake, he'd be like, don't rush me. <laughs> Sorry, Snake. <laughs> there, there's something about the fact that Snake and uh, by extension, Russell seems so unconcerned with trying to impress anybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? It's because he's Snake fucking Pliskin. He is Snake fucking Pliskin. Um, and so I guess then, right, yeah, Cabby goes to see the brain. Goes to see brain. Goes to yeah. see brain. And then I guess the only other little thing is there's the underground people. Yeah. Uh, who come out I of the sewers. I thought they might have come back later. But I think no. they do, but yeah, that's oh, where we're like meet pulling them. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And he runs away. And um, Yeah, brain, I love brain. So brain is the Griffin Newman role here. <laughs> well, yeah, it's what I want to age into 50 <laughs> years right. from now. Right, yes. Um, 
But I just love it how like, 50 like, years to hit Harry Dean Stanton at 45. <laughs> how immediately he cops it. Yeah, I'm full of shit. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. It's also nice that, like, <laughs> maps. leave me alone. Don't call me suck. Harold, please. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone knows Snake. Yeah. Which right. I love. Which is wild. Yeah, it is wild. And <laughs> also him and Brain go way back. Yeah. Yeah. He goes way back with everyone in this movie. Yeah. But the repetition of Snake Plissken, I thought you were dead, just gets better every time. It's also, set. like, do, do they get news on the prison island, right? Because that begs that question. Because otherwise, television? why would they know? Right. Yeah. Does anyone? I guess. My inclination is they thought he was dead before they even ended up on the island. I mean, I like that no one ever... I guess he sounds from... on that any further. Which is why it's good. I yeah. guess he's a war hero. Right. So maybe, right, they just thought he... Also, like, his crime is just, like, robbing a bank. Yeah, well, maybe he shouldn't have done that, Karen. Maybe, you know, if you don't want to go to Crime Island, which, don't rob a bank. Um, <laughs> if which, you don't want to go to Crime Island, don't steal that bread. That's true. That's true. Um, oh, man, they shot that scene, okay. apparently. <laughs> uh, uh, like, that they then ended up cutting of, like, basically how oh. he ended up in jail. Oh, which I'm so move. interested to see, though. I am, because yeah. I assume that's sort of an opening, but I yeah. prefer it where it's just oh, like, yeah, man, you just this go guy's in. scary. Right. Yeah. 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 It's just like, it's a post-movie treat where you're just, I just want a little more snack plus again. Right. Oh, yeah. I wish I could no, have so the, much the more The lack snake. of substantial yeah. backstory, the mystery of filling in the gaps in your head is so much better. And the fact that, like, we'll we'll get to it, but, like, the movie ends so abruptly. Like, it's yeah. like your entire <laughs> perception really of funny. Snake Plissken is this very small sliver, this one mission, how everyone else reacts to him, yeah. you know? But it's like, where did they fucking pull him from? Where is he going to now, you know? Yes. Yeah. Um, Brain, he's hanging out with. Maggie. It's mm. nice that they do seem to like each other. Um, yes. I think to some degree, Brain weirdly respects the fact that Pluskin sees through his shit. Yeah. He respects it. Right. And, and he right. He's Everyone not going to try biased. and impress Snake. Right. He knows right. that battle is lost. But it's like he has anyone who believes the line of bullshit that he's selling is an idiot. Mm-hmm. Right, so it's right. like Pliskin can see I'm I'm a fucking moron. Right, the only reason smart. he's yeah. succeeding on Crime Island is he's whatever he you can know, make he, gas. Yeah, he's got right. He's got a couple tricks up fuel his sleeve. Source, right, so, yeah, sure. yeah. He's got um, a there will be blood like thing. He's got the Derek. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> it's inside. Right, he drinks people's milkshakes. Yeah. Uh, he does drink people's milkshakes. Uh, Maggie, look, Adrian Barbeau. She's super quiet in this movie. She's mm-hmm. super steely, but like. She kind of works as like not an over the top like sort of gangster's mole character, I yeah. guess. Yeah, uh, all the anecdotes about the night shoots, right? Which it really seems like everyone was talking about this as if this was a beyond unusual thing. That uh, you know, a you don't do many movies where it's all taking place at night. And B when you do, you almost always shoot day for night, and this was like a complete schedule adjustment for all of them, and all of them. In interviews, we're like, it's like bizarre. You're living like a vampire. I'm going to sleep when the sun comes up. My entire internal clock is thrown off. And Adrian Barbo was like, yeah, I like wake up every morning. I go antique shopping. Aww. Yeah, she was having a chill time. It's true. Like totally. She's the <laughs> one person who seemed unaffected by this. Good and Carpenter's she also, like. Wait, she baked yeah. a turkey and used the wishbone to like and put it in her hair. Yes. Because she was like, that's. That like seems like a good death. remedy. Yeah, right. No, no, no. They, oh, 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 yes. No, that's yes, her sorry, character's yes, yes, wardrobe. Yes, sorry, when she sorry, died, she sorry, had to yes. bake a second turkey th- yes, to get another wishbone. Oh she was like, well, yeah. I need amazing. the wishbone again. Yes. <laughs> and that made me have a huge crush on her. Yeah. Right, fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Uh, she had 
uh, also silver nail polish because she had imagined that Maggie had melted down batteries to use ah! them as nail polish. That fucking rules. It, it does rule. Wow. We already talked about uh, Donald Pleasance writing a manifesto about how like Maggie Thatcher had <laughs> so colonized America good. or whatever to right. explain so, it. So right, and it's like you don't care about that at all, but I would like to see the backstory of uh, Maggie making her nail polish. That's wild. Yeah, that's um, really good. Obviously, Kurt, this is the first Kurt and, and Carp. Kurt, Kurt, Carp combo. Kurt, Carp yeah, combo. Elvis is the right. Elvis yes. is right. Yeah. Uh-huh. And they just seem to absolutely love each other. Yeah. Every yeah. quote is just them like lavishing praise on each I other. I mean, they yeah. both seem like really chill dudes. Where now John Carpenter's entire reputation where he's like, I wish I didn't have to work and I could just play NBA Xbox all day. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> but I think it's that thing. Well, it's like, right. Now Carpenter's like, right, I just want to play Fortnite. And uh, Kurt Russell's like, I just want to like not talk about politics and have wine in my wine, my winery. Yes. Uh, his it, top his top games lists are so fucking funny because it's almost always the whatever new Assassin's Creed game yeah, he came just out likes, that like, year's blockbuster yeah. games yeah. that are like popular. Yep. Benny loves the movie. I wonder if I wonder if he, maybe he doesn't. That's a really good question. Who knows? Maybe he thinks they fucked it up. Yeah. What if he came out of retirement and he was like, "I have to course correct. <laughs> I, have to, I have to make the actual Assassin's Wait, Creed movie." It would be it would be sick though if he did yeah, a sequel absolutely. to the movie. Yeah. Oh fuck. Yeah. Like the pirate one. Oh, he liked. He would Assassin's love to do Creed a pirate Valhalla. movie too. He would fucking kill but a pirate they should, movie. They should let him do an, uh, an Assassin's Creed movie at an Escape from New York budget. Go like you have totally. to figure out how to do this for seven million dollars. <laughs> totally. And you have to take a former Disney star. You have to take like Mitchell <laughs> Musso or someone and turn them into. Uh, well, okay, so they go to the Duke's compound. Do you ever Grand think Central. about how John Carpenter? is on the record as loving Fallout 76. So theoretically you could be playing it online and you could be playing it with John Carpenter. That game is boring. John, why are you playing that game? It's so boring. <laughs> he just seems like he likes to occupy his time now, right? That's fair. It just eats up the hours. For me, I, I shouldn't just Fallout 76. Do you like Fallout 76? Well, I haven't really played it, but oh. here's what John Carpenter said about Fallout 76. John, I almost just read his name out again. Uh, Fallout 76 is a glitchathon of a game, stuttering and freezing, but still fun, addicting with its post-nuke open world, a big game with hit-and-miss missions. Despite its flaws, I dig it. Just play the better Fallout games, John. There's other ones. It's also He's bizarre. Just describing Fallout. What? It's bizarre. He's just describing Fallout. John John Carpenter's like opinions on video games just read like like Game Informer capsule this is reviews. What I'm saying. There, there's no real substance to yeah. his game opinions. It's just like I played it and I like it. Like stunning graphics. <laughs> Um, but the thing is, I would read more of his game opinions. I would, too. If he had, like, a podcast every week, him growling about video games, that sounds great. <laughs> yeah. He's not that... The whole wildest <gasps> thing is, like, I know he's probably never going to make another movie. Yeah. We just, we'll so. talk about this as we go on. But, yeah. like, yeah. he's younger than, like, Spielberg is or... Yeah. yeah. It like, seems it's like not, he just wants to chill out. Right. Because it's. I think if he right now is, like, I want to make a movie, he could definitely yeah. make a movie. Absolutely. I don't know if he could like, make, like, a huge budget one, but he, right. someone would. Like, like people Blumhouse are still would let him make him. something tomorrow. Anything he fucking yeah. wanted. And so yeah. I guess he just isn't into it anymore. But, like, maybe something will spark for him and maybe uh, i don't know it's been like 11 years now i don't know it was the one thing that uh right i think he he really was miserable doing the ward uh which we will get to but uh there was like series of quotes that jj put at the end of the the doc about 
because there have been for so long so many rumors about this one being remade and he's been so sort of like whatever remake it i don't care give me money yeah and then he escape from money. new york is the one he gets a little possessive of and is like i really think it should be kurt that's i think the reason is because he knows kurt cares so much about the character right i maybe right. owe him but another it is funny movie. that on the other hand hideo kojima was like i'm gonna name my character snake and he's right. just gonna look exactly like snake plissken and john carpenter was like he seems cool so right. i'll let he's, him do he's it he's like that's a nice man yeah <laughs> like, they fucking sued uh they did sue luke besson right. over lockout which is a great movie which rules lockout rules <laughs> lockout rules lockout, and is so good i just think that's fascinating because that never fucking happens like right. movies are ripping off other movies all the time yeah and then you have like people who are like i wrote a spec script 15 years ago in the studio saw it. you never have like one movie that is very unofficially a wonder, remake of another movie right mm-hmm. but i wonder if carpenter is just so ornery we're like right. other people be like <laughs> see that movie and they'll be like hey and they call their agent and yeah. just like you know what let me call the studio and the studio's like oh you know what I'll just cut you a check for a hundred grand right where Carpenter's <laughs> just like shoot those fuckers <laughs> like, you know? but it's just wild that like they won yeah he got half a million dollars he did and then yes as you said Karen was just like well there's Mel a solid thing but like I like that guy He's yeah nice he seems to me. nice the I'll games are good yeah. Lockout so, Lockout is so good especially when you consider Guy Pierce is being called on to play Snake Plissken yeah, yeah. and it's that's it's, interesting it's casting. A fun movie. Rules. Have you ever seen yeah. Lockout? I have not. It's Escape from New York, but with a space prison. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. He has and to break into space jail to save the president's daughter. daughter. Totally different. Yeah. <laughs> space jail. And interesting. He's playing a Snake Plissken type, where he's like, oh, I don't want to do it. You know, yeah. like it's the right. same basic vibe. Okay. It's so it's it's good though. I, it's all very right. good. And the guy from This Is England is in it. He's quite good. Who's yes, so good? He's so he's good. amazing. Yeah. He's yeah. always good. Gilgan is that Joe Gilgan? Joe Gilgan. Yeah. Uh, who is a real Ben type in that he looks like he weighs 80 pounds and he yeah. has, and 40 pounds of that is tattoos. He's wonderful. He's a wonderful he, he's actor. He's great. Yeah. I, I really love him. Yeah. There's this, I've talked about it before, I think, but there's this shot in Lockout where Guy Pierce is smoking a cigarette and someone punches his head uh-huh. and he ducks off screen. And then when he comes back up, the cigarette is bent at a 90 degree angle. Yeah. It's so <laughs> good. Who directed that? Some fucking Frenchie. But it's not one of the main Frenchies who then, like, <laughs> it's not Olivier Megaton. It's not Olivier. It's, uh, no, it's two people. Sorry. Steve, Stéphane Saint-Léger and James Mather. And what have they done since? I don't fucking know. <laughs> Thought about how great Lockout was? <laughs> yeah, I that's hope, fair. I hope they're patting themselves on the back 24-7. We made one really good one, and now we can just hang it up. Uh, I don't know. They did something called... They've worked on Vikings. Oh, it's just weird they didn't do like no, five more Europa Corp movies. Yeah, well, I don't know, Griffin. I can't Dude, tell you. I demand an answer. Yeah, it looks like they've only been doing Vikings. Yeah, this guy just does Vikings. Yeah, well. Another show that I feel like Ben probably would like, even though he doesn't watch it. Don't you like Vikings, Ben? Uh, do I like Vikings? Like in the, the punks of medieval time? Well, are they? I don't yeah. know about that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how. I I don't have a Viking take. Okay, I don't. Okay. Um, There's definitely an Assassin's Creed game that's Viking, right? The one that just came out that John Carpenter liked. There you go. Oh, okay. Val- it's fun. Valhalla, right? It's right. kind of stupid, but all those Assassin's Creed games are. They're stupid, but they're very fun, and I like playing them. I should play them. I've never played them. You They're would, fine. Like I know. I wasn't them. impressed. By which one? The I played um, the pirate one and then the American Revolution one. Odyssey is really good. That's like the best one so far. The I pirate think. one is the one from the meme. What's the what's the meme where the Pirates of the Caribbean music is playing and they're like, oh god, no, 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 no. <laughs> is that from Assassin's Creed? I don't Creed? know what meme you're talking about, but now I really want to know. Uh, you know, I love when the Pirates of the Caribbean theme kicks in. I will say, I like I. 
thought I was... No, it's Sea of Thieves. I'm sorry. Okay, was... that's what I thought. Uh, in the pandemic, I thought I was going to get so much deeper into gaming, and I bought, like, a lot more games and shit, because I was just like, well, what else am I going to do with my time? And I never really, like, fell all the way in. Which, and then... what, what, what have you played so far? I don't, I don't even know. This is the point I'm going to make, is that I recently bought a used Game Boy Advance Ooh. and a bunch of games, and I've been playing that nonstop, and I'm just like, oh, yeah, just, games are too complicated for me now. Well... I think this is my take on it. I also, same thing, like during the the yeah. lockdown, thought I would get more into gaming. David and Karen just watching a video on Mike now. <laughs> yeah, they're watching some silly meme. Okay. I uh, always watch this and see a fuse. And I've been like, what is this game where you're driving a whole pirate ship? One of because my friends is really into this, but I really the whole point I have such of a this video uh-huh. is that it's like you're on some pirate ship. And I guess I guess this is the game. The is then game some is just, other yeah. ship is approaching, and then you hear the gamers going like, "Oh no, we have too much shit! Oh god! Oh fuck! Oh fuck!" And they try to <laughs> get out of the way, and I'm like, "So is this the game? Is just like you just like bored? Each, it's well, just that you're was a, a pirate. Big part of why I didn't like that game. I couldn't yeah. fucking <laughs> steer that goddamn ship, shooting fucking cannons, fucking doing all this goddamn bullshit. It's way well, I mean, too okay, fucking hard. This is the bad part of Odyssey." you right. do sometimes have to do naval combat and I could just never it's hard. this is the problem with so, so many hard. games where I'm like naval combat sucks ass I never want to do it I love NBA Jam right and I'm like right. I want to play the modern NBA game and it's like it's like okay so here's how you post up it's sort of like a shifting motion but not too no. hard on the stick and I'm like I don't want this to just realistically yes. be this how you I'm play saying. basketball I have found it so relaxing to play fucking Game Boy Advance games where I'm like uh-huh. this is so simple <laughs> what have you been playing on the GBA I'm playing the rat to a game where you're a little rat you're in a kitchen you try to jump up the li- level that's adorable Jeez. I didn't know that there was a round two game. It's good. good. All right. Okay. And I was just saying uh, when Griffin and yeah, I were yeah. talking uh, that I think another thing of why I couldn't get into video games because mm-hmm. I played Breath of the Wild, Breath of the Wild which is probably the ass. best uh, You're game. saying that just kind of blew your mind so much that other games you're like, no, right. thank you. And then you. I try another RPG like Witcher 3 and I'm like, this game's for nerds. God. Okay. All right. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Witcher 3 rules. Or I play Assassin's Creed and it's just like, it's not as movable as yeah. Breath of the Wild. Well, it's Breath, a of, the Wild, bit more like Breath of the Wild is really it's a, a beautifully a right. Beautifully yeah. It's just Glint, it's a masterpiece. Pretty fun. Witcher Three was incredible. You just need to park your ass make in front a of it. Potion. You don't Tons. need. To, well, you have to occasionally make a potion. Fucking potions. Pick a like shit off go, the ground. Yeah, pick up a flower and <laughs> yeah, grind it up. Out it is true that, that crafting is almost universally the worst part of any game. It is I hate never crafting. the most. Fun Just with let me like, collect money ah, and buy the thing. I don't want like Griffin likes it. has uh, got some fun. Griffin's like, I have to get a berry or something. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, like, I like collecting shit. Unsurprisingly, okay. my favorite. part That's why you like those Lego games. Yes, it's unlocking characters. It's all like one hundred percenting things. Yes, I like one hundred percenting things. They're just slightly more. More advanced platformers uh-huh. but but i think i just want to i want to build bridge here there's like an analogy here uh-huh. to i feel like uh modern action films especially if you're doing sci-fi this is good genre mashup action shit getting like so over over yeah. overly complicated right yeah, that's fair whereas like escape from new york it's like every character you understand immediately yeah. you understand exactly what the objectives are you understand the clock the spatial relation of where he needs to be, you know, what he has at his disposal. Like, it's what are what are his moves? What's in his inventory? Yeah. Like, all that shit. It just makes it such a uh, pleasant watch to just feel like there's no moment where you have to be like, wait a second, who is, why did that, when did he get that? What mm-hmm. is he trying to do here in this scene? Yeah. Wait, versus, Ben, I have a Breath of the Wild yeah. question. What do you make of the fact that the weapons break? Do you like that or do you not like that? Yeah, I mean it's annoying, 
yes. I mean, this is my maybe hot take. Is I, I do think Breath of the Wild is beautiful. I think it's a very good game. But I do. I am like a Zelda boy where I'm like, I want to get the sword mm-hmm. and have that be like a crucial plot moment. And that's right. the sword that I have now. Not like... You just got like an angel's dick sword, and then you like <laughs> use it for five minutes. It's like it broke. Well, <laughs> like you, you, every the sword, sword exists. <laughs> yeah, I know, but it's a pain in the ass to get the it master is a pain sword. In the ass, yeah. yeah, it is a pain in the ass. But and yeah, I, I know. It, like there are definitely times where I'm like, "What the fuck?" Right? <laughs> you're like fist fighting. Cool. A yeah, you're like deep monster. in like the Terminator's asshole, and then suddenly <laughs> like your thing breaks, and you're like, "Shit!" I know. It's and so you have to annoying. like go make a curry. Yeah. To, to, to heal or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But Back in my day, you smashed a bottle, a heart came out. Yeah, that was nice. Um, but sort of to Griffin's point, like I yeah. do agree. I, I I feel that's a major problem with a lot of movies recently, not just action movies, because yeah. the whole idea now is like we want to make something that's a franchise. We want to make something that's really expandable, and right. part of that is trying to build in so much lore yes. so that you can keep building on it. Yeah. Um, and I guess also in the sort of video game vein, like I played Cyberpunk recently, and that is kind of the classic example of trying to do too much, where sure. they're like, oh, we can make this world so fun fucking cool we can do all this shit and then all of it only goes about halfway and you're like i don't right and on the my other problem with cyberpunk and i should play it longer because i didn't get i spent so much (laughs) time on my character's penis yeah and then like i played it for like 20 minutes and i was like i'm not gripped by this like i don't actually care about the story so much the world could be interesting but i you know i would just it felt generic otherwise i should i should go back to it there's just a beauty to sort of a the the pockets of mystery and escape from new york how much goes unexplained but also just like i think about like i feel like a third if not more of like modern you know hundred million dollar plus budget action films adventure films sci-fi films whatever you'd be hard pressed if you paused the movie in the last act and turned to the person watching it to answer what is going on yeah. You know where it's like they like keep you floating on some level of pleasance, but then if you actually not Donald Pleasance, unfortunately, I wish. But if you had to actually answer like what are they doing at this moment and why are they doing it and what are they trying to achieve, it becomes so abstract, mm-hmm. you know. And not only that, it's like that objective isn't introduced until five minutes before that becomes the sequence, versus something like this where it's just like. Hey, Snake, I'm Lee Van Cleef. I'm the most fucking compelling guy who's ever been on camera. Let me tell you everything that's going to happen for the next 90 minutes. Have fun. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, you know exactly what the fuck is going on in this movie. Well, it's very it's a very much a simplicity thing, right? Where it's like, yes. if you have this story and you only focus on that, then there's no getting lost. And there's it's also, it's compelling, like, start to finish because there's, it's you're getting from point A to point B and that's it. Right. Whereas everything else, it's like trying to set up these branches. And as a result, like the main line is like, who gives a shit about that? Which I also think, I think audiences like to do a certain amount of work, mm-hmm. right? You're most engaged in a movie when you're having to put some stuff together, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so the less that's explained or sort of dumped on your lap, the more invested the audience is going to be in trying to do some of that work themselves. And so anytime a new character is introduced in this movie or a new wrinkle, you're sort of like analyzing it the way you do in a video game where you're like, what do I need to figure out in this room? Mm -hmm. You know, like, why is this either going to be an imposition or an aid to his ultimate goal? Right. Which it's just like, right, then you can just have these weird, they don't feel like side tangents. When you suddenly end up in a new space or introduced to a new character or new yeah. rule, because all of it feels like what's well, either going to help or hurt, but it's not going to take away from what we're ultimately working towards. But it's just also 
it's brilliant in the if you sit down and map it all out, you're like, oh, they only meet like six people and do like three things right. in this movie. Yeah. Like yeah. not that much happens. The fight in the ring is the one thing where you're like, oh, this is sort of blown out. And yeah. Right. There's like a lot of people around and but like mostly it's just sort of some tense conversations. Yeah. Like the big chase on the bridge. I mean, it's part of the carp magic, the carpenter score too, where it's like less is more with yeah. everything, yes. right? You know, so it's like a lot of silence and very quiet music. Yeah. Okay, just one thing I want to make sure we as we're like Please. getting through towards the end. I just love that Isaac Hayes and his crew, <laughs> like, you know, just like I love baddies, right? Yeah. They're so fun. They are fun. Okay. And I love that they're just recklessly shooting at the president and doing target <laughs> practice. Mm. I'm just in a like, wig. Yeah. I just well. think that is so fucking crazy and badass. Like, man. You just like how, how rude everyone is in this yeah, absolutely. That's absolutely. what you like. You yeah. like how rude Snake is. Yep. You like mm-hmm. how rude mm-hmm. the bad guys are. Totally. I say, as we were talking about Lee Van Cleef, I just went on Google Image Search just to look at some pictures of him. And you know that they will provide like related links up in that biz. One of them is just Lee Van Cleef funeral. Which I'm very concerned about and curious to click, but not sure if I should. What do you mean? You don't want to hear about his funeral? You don't want to see it's the, like it's a the image search. It's not a Google related search. Uh, well, it may it may just give you his very cool uh, uh, gravestone that we yeah. talked about, right? That's true. Um, it does okay, seem like I think like this is just a picture from a movie right. because from are, the thumbnail, I was like, did they oh, just I show see. him? It looks like an casket? open casket, but yeah. no, I think it's just from a movie. Yeah. But like, there are those very sweet pictures of him and Kurt Russell, like they're very cute. having fun strangling each other on set. The one, yeah, the one where they're both smiling as they're both like choking each other is yes. cute man look at this fucking lee van cleef on johnny carson wearing like the biggest medallion yeah I've i ever just seen. opened that it's so good well he had just come from uh raiding the like the fucking tomb of the lost ark or whatever it's just something about like lee van cleef in the 70s or 80s you know where it's just like this guy fundamentally doesn't feel modern you know which is why he worked so well in like uh the leone movies and everything yeah. and then when you put him in and any other milieu it like immediately gives you this like interesting charge you know like this polarity yeah so they go to the uh one of the world trade center uh buildings right to escape the glider does not work out Mm -hmm. (laughs) i do love those little fuckers who are just like (laughs) (laughs) like they just don't they just don't they're like kid like two girls having a tantrum they have no idea what they're doing (laughs) yeah so useful and they're just like (laughs) um yes so instead they you know snake thinks fast there, we obviously the plot has presented an alternate route, the Mind Bridge, the quote-unquote 69th Street Bridge, which is I guess supposed to be the 59th Street Bridge. Um, there's mines, but it's a it's small scale. Mm-hmm. Like there's a few explosions, and they're pretty little. You know what I mean? I like all mm-hmm. of this. The whole less is more thing. Yeah. The final showdown is great. I you know like you know uh, Isaac Hayes like wailing on people with a machine gun. And the president getting to finally cut Fuck. loose. I that's Pleasant's having fun. Yes. Yeah. When so he's good. like finally gets it. You're right number 1, the duke. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, so yeah. good. Griffin, you're looking something up. No, I'm I'm looking for uh, uh, additional uh trivia facts here. I mean just a tiny thing, but I I not to go backwards here, but uh the eye patch was a Russell thing. Good, Which good, I good also think him. is so telling where a lot of people would have been like, I don't want to fucking cover up my face. Mm, and he sure. was like, yeah. I need to look different. Like, I need to make a different guy. I don't think this movie works without the iPad. I don't either. No, it's kind of like 10% not. of the movie right I there. I kind of agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, if he's just like some guy, he'd probably be pretty cool. Right. 
The eye patch is crucial. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I've considered getting an eye patch. I know you have, Ben. Yeah? Absolutely. <laughs> Style, color. Uh, I mean, just classic black leather. Skull and crossbones. I was going to say. Skull oh. and crossbones. Oh. Um, Griff, do you like the ending? Yeah, rules. I mean, this the is bridge, like another you know, thing. Of I just, like the deaths too. I think they're all kind of impactful. Oh, I thought you were talking about mm-hmm. the very end. Yes, I mean, no, yeah, I like, of course, I, the I, final, I the final. Movie. <laughs> this movie's like perfect. It's just one of those things where it's like the thing with the tape is so good. Yes, yeah. that's what I was talking about. And yeah. the sort of irony of Snake being like, "I got you, the president." Right. Yeah. Like I did my job. I did the thing you asked me to do, and I also figured out what you really fucking wanted, you rats. Which, by the way, fuck you. Maybe peace put out, your nuclear over. info on not a cassette. Yeah. <laughs> maybe slightly more advanced technology an incredibly easily destroyable piece (laughs) of technology at least put on mini disc or something a laser disc or something got a harder (laughs) shell giant giant laser laser disc (laughs) carrying with two hands (laughs) Um, I also love that like they're more dealing with the president and he's like come on my neck is about to explode yeah Yeah, like you motherfucker yeah yeah, him dropping from the rope before it lets him down little little things like that are really yeah yeah I love the look of the little uh, the little doctor guy no no I well yes but I was gonna say the little ship oh yeah 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 the little doctor guy's on a level from the beginning I like the little doctor guy another Griffey role yeah yeah because he doesn't want to kill Snake no. He wants to be honest. Yeah. He's a good dude. Um, perfect movie, I think. Well, pretty perfect. Yeah, pretty I, good. Know, I, think I don't really have an good. objection to this movie. I don't no. either. It's a little... No. No, no. right. I don't. Yeah. I don't. I, I mean, just what I'm sort of fascinated by, it, I, I keep on repeating myself here, but it's just like how much it is cited by so many people as an influence and how often people get it wrong by overcomplicating it, you know? I mean, that's, I feel like that's such a common pattern though, even with like John Wick where it's like that became popular and then everyone tried to do it, but they completely missed like every copy of it is bad. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, the first time I remember reading serious talk of a remake to this was post 300 when everyone was Mm -hmm. trying to figure out what Gerard Butler's deal was. (laughs) And that got set up very quickly. And I remember Kurt Russell was very critical of it and mm. saying that only an American should play Snake Plissken, mm-hmm. which seemed kind of... Sort of a weird objection by him. Jingoistic, but yeah. then I, it makes more sense if you just consider his kind of like possessiveness of the character, not wanting to see someone else play it. And then I know The Rock is now supposed to do Big Trouble in Little China, but at one point he was going to do Escape as well, oh, right? Wow. I, I hope believe neither of those things happen though. Yeah. I mean, that just feels like we've talked enough about The Rock, but like, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's not surprising anymore to see The Rock as like a sort of off center badass. He's done that so no, many but times. The, that's what I'm saying. The Rock would be, I, look, I don't think you should do either of these. I don't think either of these things should be remade in a, a literal fashion, mm-hmm. but. Uh, He'd be better in a Jack Burton type role than he would in a Snake Plissken type role. He's going more for Jack Burton these yeah. days. Yeah. Right? Right. That's kind of yes. what the he's... Jungle Cruise. Jungle Cruise right. is more... Did you see Jungle Cruise? I did. Well, we could talk about it. Did you like it? I thought it was fine. Sure. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. a nice, fun movie. Yeah. Who cares? I thought it was fine. Here was an immediate thought I had. Mm. Uh, I... I, I how much this better? This isn't a very immediate. No, thought. not quite. No, I'm trying to figure out how to frame this. How much better would that movie be if it was uh, Oscar Isaac? I mean, a lot of movies would be better with Oscar Isaac. <laughs> I know, but it was a immediate thought I had because 
that movie does not actually require a lot out of that character as an action star, right? No, in a yeah. certain way, the, the blunt character is more physical than he is. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. I know, I know. He's and, he's and the main thing you want is like fucking salty, like oil and water chemistry. Movie, and that movie's like, well, he's the rock, he has to do some action, and the action, some his action feels a little perfunctory sometimes. Right, and also but, the sort but of supernatural I, the twist stuff. is like insane. You can't the see that coming. Is I mean, which I, I won't spoil it for those who haven't seen it, uh, although it's been out for whatever at this point in time. The twist would have made more sense if it was Oscar Isaac, for example, in a number of ways, right? I also think he's better at playing that sort of anger and having a subtle sweetness to him underneath Poe it. Poe Dameron style. Right, right. I Like, that works if he's just in Poe Dameron mode. That movie also works a thousand times better if it's Idris Elba. Idris. I mean, you're naming ag- actors I like. Yeah. Right. I just feel like there's... That role is actually kind of deceptively complicated in terms of how many <laughs> things they're putting on that character uh-huh. and, yeah. and also wanting ahead. him to become yeah. iconic. Yeah. And I feel like he delivers every line in that movie like he's presenting a Kid's Choice Award. Well, like there's a little right. bit that of his just kind of avuncular, I'm the rock. Even when I'm being an asshole, I don't really mean it. Yeah. And and like all the groaner jokes, I'm like, you're not selling them hard enough. Like you should be more embarrassing, more of an asshole, more mm. horny, more sweet. Like everything's kind kind of just in the middle with him and i wanted someone who was a little pricklier yeah yeah that's fair that's totally fair they, did they go on a jungle cruise though the... they did yeah, okay so what's your fucking objection it's, that's a movie's called. To watch. No, it's it, you know i i like the, i like the beak honey bee can kiss the door yeah the, the bee guy the, the bee i that's a good idea the three elements the of course i mean look it's clearly like rejected crash mccreary designs right from dead man's chest yes. but i like that they're like three conquistadors what are their things uh snakes uh poo poo mud and uh honeycombs and there there's the wo- the wood one the like tree one yes yeah right there's right. four of them yeah right? the tree branches not that this is important uh jungle cruise corner Yes, I Plem- just Clemens Horn. Uh, but I was just gonna say, so good. both times when The Rock has talked about doing these fucking movies, he goes like, "Well, we're like really trying to use those films as a starting point and really ask larger questions about the world." And it's like, no one cares. <laughs> Everyone is indebted to Carpenter and doesn't understand how much of an asset it was that a he was sort of no bullshit in how he approached things, and b studios never let him go that deep up his own ass. Mm-hmm. Not that I think he ever could even go that deep. You know? Yeah. Uh, but that these things are just like, I don't know, what's like a compelling story, like well told. And it's the difference between like people are now trying to make John Carpenter movies, but John Carpenter was trying to make Hawks movies. And yes, they're losing absolutely. the Hawks lineage and they're yep. just going yeah. like, well, what's the Carpenter thing? Yeah. Yeah. Let's, anyway. Let's play the box office game. Let's play the box office game. This movie came out. This movie was a hit. It was a hit. Uh, yeah. It cost $7 million and it made yeah. 25 I don't know, pretty, pretty good. Yeah. The Fog was kind of a... Not well received. The, uh, it, it, did okay. Yeah, but... it was it was successful. It was profitable. I mean, he's doing both uh, these at a low budget. Neither of them are hitting like the blockbuster Nothing, levels right. of Halloween. He never sure. hits that again. Sure. Mm-hmm. Nothing yeah. is the stunning right. right. But but yeah. Um but these were like successful movies. Yes. This film came out in the middle of summer, uh-huh. 15th of June, 1981. Uh-huh. It opened number three. Okay. Number one is my guess one of the biggest movies of the year, a sequel. Uh, sequel. It's a sequel. 1981. Not as many sequels back then. It's a two? It's a two. It's the third most successful film of the year. Wow. Okay. Um, it's a number two. Can you tell me the genre? Uh, I'll just give it away. Um, <laughs> as, as broad as you can. 
Is it a serious franchise? Is it, is it a it's a comedy it's, franchise? It's a serious franchise, but it's for families and kids and everybody to enjoy. It was this film was made sort of back to back with the first one. Uh, is it Superman too? It's Superman too. Right. Oh, Very right. hard because I was right. like, I can't say comic book and I right. can't you say can't Superman. Superman. But anyway, there's yes. nothing I could say. Yeah. Really. Superman too. Yeah. Number four is odd. Yeah. Do you like it? Yeah, I, I, I did all the Superman movies recently. I really enjoy them, even for all their uh, wonkiness. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, yeah, I like it. It's good. Dicky um, Lester. Uh, Dicky Lester recently died, right? Yeah, pretty recently. Wait, or is he still alive? No, I think he's, he's still alive. This really? wow. when he, when when Richard Donner died, Jordan right. Hoffman. Mm-hmm. Jordan Hoffman texted me and was like, "Did you know Richard Lester's still alive?" That's and I was wild. like, "No, but okay." And he just hasn't made a movie in like thirty years. He's right? like ninety years old. He's an old I know, man. but he he retired fairly young, all considering. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, have you ever seen? Because I've never seen the Donner cut. Uh, the Donner cut. Because I've been told it's so weird because it's like cutting in. Like sort of unfinished stuff and screen tests, hmm. and yeah. Right, yeah. It's it's like right. It's it's a reconstruction project to just give you an idea of what it would have been, but there's no way to actually make that. And Donner didn't even yeah. supervise it, but it's interesting. Yeah, I lo- I mean I like both. I like the Lester movie. It's weird. I I kind of just wish they had let Donner finish shit. Yeah. Um, Rel- I mean, related to the Donner party. <sighs> no. Any relation? Okay. No. Um. Superman 2, number one. Number two is the most successful film of 1981. Okay. Oh. Most successful film of 1981 would have been... Do, 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 It's not Kramer versus Kramer. That's 80, right? Nope. Not, not a Best Picture winner, although it was, I believe, a Best Picture nominee. Uh, is oh, it's Raiders of the Lost It's Raiders of the Lost Star. Yeah, of course. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's like um, a good week. Yeah, it's a good movie, Raiders of the Lost yeah. Ark. Uh, yeah. uh, well directed. <laughs> I would say. Cool uh, characters. Number yeah. three, Escape from New York. I'm just like, you know, go to your multiplex. Yeah. Three good movies playing. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, it's also just wild that like uh, Raised the Lost Ark got nominated for Best Picture, Best Director, whatever, because they were just like, I don't know what, we can't deny this thing really. <laughs> I guess, right? We got to admit. Uh, yes, but then it doesn't win. I think this is the Chariots of Fire year. I can't remember. Yes. It's still they're no have they're not gutsy enough to give Spielberg the win in the eighties. That's mm. the no. whole thing no. for the pulpy stuff. Right. And then so Spielberg's like, "Do you want the serious stuff?" And they're right. like, "No, you're a phony." You know, <laughs> like it takes so long for him to. It's like, just fine that like this is his pulpiest movie up until this point. Like it's almost like him being yes. like. Oh, Jaws and Close Encounters <laughs> were like too heady and ambitious. I want to make something that's like just fucking popcorn. Just, and they were like, God damn it, here's the best picture nomination. It's so weird <laughs> in retrospect that he was like, he does that. He's yeah. so successful. And the Oscars are like, we'll give you the nom, but not the win. You're successful. We think yeah. you're, you know, kind mm-hmm. of, you know, too cartoony. Then he's like, okay, what if I made a movie about Japan in World War Two? Like, <laughs> no. He's like, what if I made a movie about the experience of black women in the 20th century? It's like, <laughs> They're like, no. And he's like, oh, I should make a movie about the Holocaust. I'm Jewish. And they're like, Jewish. (laughs) It's just so weird that he comes to that later. Yeah. Yeah. I know he talks about how he was like afraid of making a movie about the Holocaust. Like, of course, it's good. But it's weird that he first he was like, what if I make a movie about black women? It's very odd. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway. Um, (laughs) Number four is a James Bond movie. Fuck. Uh, Which is enough of a clue that there's still, it could be so many things. So is it late more? It's mid more. We're in the middle of more. I believe this is the third more. 
Okay. Want to get that right. So it's like Demi Moore? Oh, I take it back. This is the fifth Moore. Wow. He's Out really of? G- seven. So he's getting a little long in the tooth. Wait, at is this Demi point. related? No. no. Okay. <laughs> um, it is a pretty mediocre one, I would say. It's pretty mediocre. Is Man with the Golden Gun? No. That mm. one stinks, even though Christopher <laughs> Lee is great. Yeah. And but he's everything got else a about it stinks. Golden Gun. He does have a Golden Gun. <laughs> it's pretty cool. That's the second more. The first more okay. is Live and Let Die, which right. is um, the sort of one that's very black exploitation influenced right. and is right. a lot of fun, but also ridiculous. Yeah. Second is Man with a Golden Gun, which okay. sort of stinks. Third is Spy Who Loved Me, which is sort of. The perfect Roger Moore movie. Uh-huh. Fourth is Moonraker, right. which rules, but right. is so silly. Fifth right. is this. It's kind of an anonymous one. It's post Moonraker. It is. I'm trying to just fucking run through the titles in my head. Yes. Uh, Topol is in this one. Wow. Oh, fuck. I and believe the villain is played by Julian Glover. Yes. Wikipedia a lot lately. Oh. Mm hmm. Uh, well, here, I'll tell you the other ones. Then after this is Octopussy, right. which is a film that's called Octopussy. I, I've never Correct. seen any of the Moore films. Do you know good. This? We should do them all. Moore is like a no. total blind I mean, they're spot. up and down. Do you yeah. like Roger Moore? I think all right. Okay. And then the seventh <laughs> is A View to a Kill, which is the one with Walken, and it's the one where Moore is like visibly in his like late 50s, and it's sort of like, what the fuck are we doing here? You know, But they can't sure. quite let it go. Yeah. Walking very good in that. It's really good in that. People yes. are like, having fun. This is yeah. one of those things where people are yelling at. I their guess so. Fucking... It's got a very generic Bond title to it as well. Like it it's not make the one sense. where they were like, "Let's get pussy in the title." There. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, right. What's it called? It's called "For Your Eyes Only." Oh yeah, good yeah. movie. Or yeah. no, it's fine. <laughs> I don't know. Right, you said it was mediocre. I don't. British it's the only. one where I don't even remember it. All I right. don't. I don't. Who's the villain in that? Julian Glover. Oh, you said. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yes. He's like a guy in it. He's like, oh, I <laughs> he's need to make some, some money. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's not crazy. He's not like Moonraker, where the villain is like, I'm going to replace Earth with a master race. And you're like, You mm, are? God. That seems complicated. Anyway, <laughs> um, number five, Griffin. Uh-huh. It's a comedy starring one of your favorite comedy actors. It's one of his early hits. Uh, is it a Murray? Is it, it is. a. Is it, uh, it's not Meatballs. No. Um, is it Stripes? It sure is Stripes. Yeah. A movie that is only one hour long. <laughs> First act good. <laughs> um, number six is an animated film that uh, Kurt Russell's in. <laughs> Fox in the House? Same weekend. Wow. wow. That's incredible for how much this movie is about Russell Fuck trying you. to shed the yeah. damage. He's also like, I'm a cute dog. Is he the dog? <laughs> no, no, he's no. the fox. Uh, yes. Uh, what's his name? Um, Mickey Rooney is the dog. Oh, wow. He's Todd the fox. Uh, also got the great Muppet caper. Oh. I know. Famous Blake Edwards directed flop SOB. Oh, yeah. Uh, you've got Cannonball Run. Oh, SOB amazing. is the one where uh, uh, Julie Andrews is is nude, shows her boobs, and people like got like people were like this is illegal. the screen, yeah, <laughs> like they were like you just can't do it. I think she had this thought of like I need to, yeah, but you know I need to not be right, right, right. But and uh, then they got really mad at <laughs> so her bear doing <laughs> yeah. pulling a snake. Yeah, they got mad at Blake Edwards. I think everyone was just yeah. like, yeah, this is just not allowed. How could this happen? Right. Wow. Right. 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 Yeah. Uh, Cannibal Run, a movie called The Four Seasons, which I don't oh, know with Alan Alda. Yeah, yes, yes. Yeah, one of those movies where the poster is just Alan Alda and Carol Burnett yep. having yeah. a drink. Sometimes yeah. that's all you need. I guess so. Let's get lunch. <laughs> Here's to old friends. That's the fucking tagline. Your Alda uh, sounds very Kermit the Frog. Yeah. Yeah, I can't do Alda. Yeah. I wish I could. It's a good um, one. Yeah, yeah, that's Escape from New York, baby. Wow. 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 
Wow. Wow. wow. wow. How are you feeling about it, Karen? It's a good movie. It's uh, a good movie. What does it end up at again? Uh, it's like 25. Yeah. You know, everyone's happy. That was one of those. But things, it's more like, of a cult hit Carpenter's kind of thing. whole yeah. thing was like, oh, these don't break out, but they're profitable. Yeah. He's a return on investment guy. Except, the, well, the thing is, I think he's had enough of those. That yeah. The next movie can be more expensive. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then as amazing as the thing is. Right. It's a flop and it's hated, right. that, which that is so crazy to consider. Yeah. Yeah. But people are like, fuck this. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Because it rules. And yeah. that's next week. Obviously. I will say I probably will rewatch this and uh, uh, bring it up a lot in the next episode. But I know it's probably on YouTube or whatever. I know it's on the Criterion Videodrome. There's like an amazing like hour long TV panel show where it is um, Carpenter. Landis and uh, who's the third one I'm forgetting uh, and Cronenberg obviously Ooh, sure. it's yeah. on the Videodrome DVD but it was like oh Universal's letting these three guys mm-hmm. make sort of a new era of Universal monster movie right you know it was sort of like these these are the young upstarts and we're giving them a bigger budget after like impressing on smaller scales to make their big creature features and it was the thing American Werewolf in London and Videodrome. Oh Good movies. And just, well, yeah, and it's also just but the contrast not of the three what the are interesting. Must have been looking for. Right, yeah. because it's like, well, Carpenter's doing like a remake of like a real B-movie, right? <laughs> Landis is doing sort of his weird modern version of like one of the classic monster archetypes. And then Cronenberg's doing a movie about like fucking your chest vagina with your penis gun. Yep. And they're just like, new monster movies coming to you. In the <laughs> oh, <year."> God. <laughs> Dr. Brian Oblivion. Yeah. One day we'll do Cronenberg. We must. We, well, he's got, you know what? He's making a movie. Yes. Right now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Didn't they just he's start he's remaking, uh, what is it? Crimes of the Future or whatever it is, basically. Right. right? Like, that's what it is. Yes. Vigo's in it. You guys aren't pointing out that my head just exploded when it's you mentioned that we were going to do Oh, Cronenberg. yeah. <laughs> Ben's head exploded. You think Vigo will hang peen again? I think he would if someone asked him to. Do you think he'll have a, peen, uh, a cobra on it, though? Just to bring it back. <sighs> I thought you were going to ask. It, do you it think be... he'll have a peen? You've got yeah. one this time? No. I think it would be, it, he would, but it would be, um, the art would be different. It wouldn't be all black filled in. It would be like the mm. outline of it, you know, and like the art filled in. It wouldn't be just a solid black snake. Sure. Fair enough. That's fine. That's uh, my opinion. I can, I can dig that. How many times is he hung peen now? At least like two or three. Vigo, a, a couple times that I can think of. Yeah. Indian Runner, which is David just movie. pulled a piece of paper out from what? Jeez, an Eastern do you have Promises. A peen list? Parchment. Oh, I definitely have a peen list. Yeah. Oh, he does. That's right. Right. Oh, God, remember when he got an Oscar nomination for that? Bad movie. Bad what movie. What was the I category? guess he's good in it. <laughs> I think he's always pretty good. He's but always that pretty good. Bad. He's always pretty good, yeah. especially when he's Italian. The thing about Viggo Mortensen is yeah. he was okay. in Green Book. He was. It's <laughs> mind-blowing. I've never seen it. It's mind-blowing. I think I blacked that out the, of my that's memory. The, the further you get from me, you're like, right, Viggo Mortensen, that wonderful sort of genre actor who's yes. mostly an art house guy, yeah. so beautiful, so poetic, really arresting screen presence. You're like, wait, didn't he also play a talking sandwich <laughs> in a best picture <laughs> winning Tony Green Book? Tony. Yeah. Like, what Famously folded a pizza in half yeah, and ate like, it that it's way. Just like, yeah. you're just like, and he's people- like, I think I know what this character is. Hey, I'm a racist Italian guy. Like, like that's what he did. The Oscars were like, 
nomination for you. Good job. <laughs> no, it was like slam dunk cakewalk nomination. Also, people were like, this is the funniest performance in oh, years. God. People were I'm treating like, it. Can like, you imagine like his body of work and then you get nominated for Green Book? Like, wh- what does he think about that? It's also. I think he thinks it's great. Oh I don't know. That's what I was going to say. The whole campaign trail, like it always felt like Mahershala was kind of like a little weary of Green Book and a little embarrassed by it. And Vigo was like, this movie is profound. I mean, that explains Captain Fantastic. Yes. That's a movie I feel like he thinks is beautiful. Yes, and I'm like, yeah. It is yeah. such an no. odd uh, casting in every but single he does way. Is Green Book Vigo's fourth highest grossing film behind the Lord of the Rings uh, movies? Probably. It has to be. Like, this is the other thing that's fascinating is he's a guy who, like, so largely avoided becoming yeah. a Hollywood leading man. And then he's the fucking star of Green, Green Book. <laughs> the breakout comedy sensation. The question is, Green Book did so well overseas that say. did it maybe sneak past, oh my God. like, no, fellowship? No, no, right. no, 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 Green Book no, no, no. was, like, fucking huge. Okay, it did. I was being oh, ridiculous. God. Like, oh, wait God, a second. Oh, God. The difference is 891 to 202 or whatever. <laughs> or 320. 320. Green Book is his second highest grocer. But if you go domestic, sorry, it's his third, uh, fourth highest grocer. But if you go domestic, it's behind Crimson Tide. Interesting. Oh, okay. This Green Book actually kind of, quote unquote, underperformed in America in terms of like the hype it got. It Uh actually didn't crack 100, but then it kicked ass worldwide. It bombed so hard when it came out and everyone was like, it's done. And then it like sleepwalked its way to 80 (laughs) whatever. And then people were like, huh, good result on Green Book. And then it opens in France and they're like, ah! Well, no, but China loved it. It was huge in China. Everywhere. Yeah, Yeah, every other country just lost their fucking He's got a weird box office. His sixth most popular American movie is A Perfect Murder. Oh, sure. (laughs) It's Hidalgo Worldwide. But in Worldwide, also Daylight is higher than Hidalgo because oh, wow. Daylight crushed yeah. Worldwide and did terrible in America. Huh. Someone was recently on our Reddit, like pulling up how surprised they were that Vigo got above the title on A Perfect Murder. He was a thing. Yeah. And, and this is the thing I had to sort of like, I, I don't think I wrote this, but I was, I drafted this in my head and then decided to close my computer instead. Smart. Very smart. Always smart. I, yeah. It's a, a, a method of uh, uh, self care I've been practicing a lot lately. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Um, there is that thing that happens sometimes where Hollywood's like, we're putting this guy above the title, yep. not because he's been a lead yet, not because he's proven, but we're so confident this guy's a movie right. star. Because he's yeah. so hot. Where they yeah. were just like, he's so hot. He's so good. Like, it's got to happen, right? We'll just put him there and everyone like will say, I guess that belongs. He should be this. Yeah. And then he sort of just like. He was like, no, I want to do my poetry and photography. Yeah, like actively avoid it until Lord of the Rings, a movie he got hired on to like five days before yeah. filming started. <laughs> And then everyone was like, great, you're Vigo Mortensen now. And he's like, yeah, no, thank you. Pass. Like, does Hildago it is like, absolutely "Eh." not. Yeah. Anyway, he's got a good penis. Yeah, he does. Great penis. (laughs) I don't remember it. It's fine. I don't mean to be rude. It's good. It's good. It's It's good. good. David, don't, don't. Well, in the Eastern Promises scene, obviously, he's, you know, he's rumbling with some, some fellas in the bathhouse. Right. Flapping and flipping. It's a lot of flapping. Yeah. 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 All right. That's a good point. Anyway, uh, this, of course, has been our episode on Escape from New York, beginning and ending with extended penis conversations. (laughs) We really took it full circle. We really did. I don't know. I was going to try a pun there, but I don't know. I really have to What was? uh, I don't know. Full circle. I couldn't figure it out. Uh. Karen, is there anything Ben's making a face. you have or want to plug? Um, I don't think so. You can follow me on Twitter at Karen Wyhan. Um, I'm trying to think uh, about you what I'm allowed to talk about. You should watch your Karen 
Karen's boys. Oh yeah, watch the twenty twenty one video that will be coming out. Oh wow, you're putting so much pressure on me. Okay. Oh wait, um, well sorry, twenty twenty two. Okay, thank you. Yeah, uh, I don't know. There's stuff that I'm working on, but I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about it. So I'll just say, go follow me on Twitter. And I will probably talk about it there. Yeah, uh, keep your eyes peeled. And uh, I, I mean, a thought I just had now. I don't know if this is uh-huh. too bleak, but you could make the next KB video an in memoriam. Because I mean, we're oh. realizing how many KBs we've lost in the last three years. And that might be a way to change the format. I feel like I have to do... Well, this has been a question, too, where it's like I did it two years in a row and I used right. the song Boys both times. Yes. Do I keep using the same song? I don't think I'm allowed to use that as an in memoriam. The you, tone you is not this song. right. How can I live without <laughs> you? Well, here's my question. Is I that, want to know. Can you do like a sad piano a cover? cover? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Right? Is this disrespectful? <laughs> no, it's the opposite. You're paying the utmost respect. Okay. Right. Because it's like you were so hot when you were alive. Right. Um, And now we miss you so much. Right. Something to think about. Some of the KBs. I'll submit it to the Oscars and they'll be like, yeah, we'll play this instead of our in memoriam reel, which makes everyone angry every year. Yeah. Didn't they do something weird this year? I think they, it was just so fast because so many people died. Jesus. Yes. It was. Right, and uh, it was... Um, they played Flight of the Bumblebees? No, they played, no, but they played that fucking Stevie Wonder song. That's so fast. They played a Stevie Wonder song that was, like, very propulsive, and it was, like, every other... It was genuinely It fast. was, like, a peppy song. Yeah. It was not right. It was What's that song called? I can't I can't remember, but I know what you're talking about, obviously. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I do remember that the song was too fast and it seemed it was that it was timed with the people. too, So it was kind of like, you know, like names every second. Yeah. It was like, it's the end of the world. The R.E.M. song. It did feel. I I don't think it was that. But yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We me find it. It was Stevie Wonder's um, as. Right. Okay. Right. It was just too fast. It Way was too not. Fast. And then a good they were choice. like, well, a lot of people died. Yeah. It's so like, like we and but then they all ended up, of course, they always do like missing a couple people yep. and everyone was mad and Which it's made it like, more egregious. Right. Also, yeah. like, especially with this year's ceremony, I'm like, you're in memoriam. You could have given it 15 minutes. I would have been fine with that. Yeah. Would have made for good television. Um anyway. We're done. Yeah. Wrap cool. us up. You gotta go. Gotta get Thank the, you bo- guys for having the me boss back. baby's blowing up your phone. <laughs> demanding you get she back is to the office. Blowing up my phone. Are you kidding me? Yes. Uh, thank you all for listening. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Thank you to Marie Barty for our social media. Marie! Big shout out to Marie. Uh, uh, getting that Barty bump on the old episode. Oh, yeah. Went mm-hmm. straight to the top of the charts. The public loves a Barty party. Um, thank you to Alex Barron and AJ McKeon for editing JJ Birch, Nick Lariano for our research. Lee Montgomery and the Great American Novel for a theme song. Joe Bone Pet Rounds for our artwork. Go to blankies.rad.com for some real nerdy shit. And you can go to patreon.com slash blank check where now at this point we're in the mummy, right? We're in those tombs. <gasps> we're getting wrapped up in the mummy. What? Let's see. It looks like we are. No, well, no, no, no. We're going to have somebody's watching me. On oh, the eleven, okay, another Adrian Barbeau film, yes. a little before this one, yes. and then the Mummy will start. Okay, on the twenty first. Okay, and uh, yeah, we're gonna do the Mummy. 
chronology's a little off, but, but uh, uh, Elvis much mentioned today. We'll do Elvis as well. Yeah, we're you know yeah. like we're we're peppering in those TV movies yes. as bonuses. Yeah. Yes, and I think we're gonna do body bags as well when we get to that. But maybe, maybe. we'll and see. Scorpion King might have to take precedence, oh but we'll God. see. We'll maybe see. we can toss sprinkle body bags in. I feel like body else. bags is later, but anyway. Yeah. No, it is, but yeah. it's just how many elevenths we have left in the world year you know what i mean how many 11s we have left in our lifetime wow life's just a series of 11s isn't it it, it sure is that's right it sure is uh tune next week for the thing that thing and as always i just remembered my plan for the end of this episode was to solemnly read off a list of kbs we lost but now i feel like oh. it would be stepping on the pitch i just gave you to do no it no, no you can video. do it i no 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 just pick it like a i'm not gonna do it Say something about peens or yeah, something. Yeah, just say snake bliskin's snake dick. <laughs> 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 <laughs>